Tank Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll be featuring Kyle Weens and Miro Jurek from iFixit. Those are the people who tear apart new tech gear so you know how difficult it is to repair it. We hear from Mike Bombick, the creator of Carbon Copy Cloner, and Brian Schaffen from the Mac Observer. All this and more on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> we have Kyle Weens and Miro Jurek from iFixit. That's iFixit.com. And what makes them famous is the fact that when new gear comes out, new mobile gear, new desktop computers, interesting ones, they take them apart to see what's involved in fixing them, which is why they call it iFixit. They also provide tools and stuff if you want to do your own fixing routine. Now, unfortunately, some of these companies have decided in their infinite lack of wisdom to make things not fixable. So, Kyle, welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Show, and Miro, welcome aboard I don't care who answers this, but we have the brand new Mac Mini. Now, previous versions of the Mac Mini, at least the last generation, not older ones, if you wanted to change memory, you just open the bottom and you change the memory. Unfortunately, that's not the case anymore. So what did Apple do? Well, thanks for having us on. Yeah, we're a little bit frustrated with the Mac Mini design team at the moment. Uh, because it sure seems like they took a fantastic product design and they broke it. The, the new Mac Mini is you know exactly the same form factor as the previous Mac Mini. Uh, it's got the handy top access hatch that the old one had, uh, but they removed the finger holes. And it's fascinating because they went from what we thought was the best, the most repairable Mac design mm-hmm. to a uh, pretty poor design for really no benefit whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, they didn't increase any internal space. They actually, not only did they, you know, take off those holes that you're talking about, but they also put a metal plate on the innards. So you now you have to open up, uh, you know, that plastic cover, but then you also have to use uh, T6 torque security screws to just get into the machine, you know, to even replace uh, your hard drive or anything else inside. And that, that screw was really the thing that set us off, where before it was two fingers, you rotate the, the plastic piece and it just come off and then you could get in, drop RAM in, put in a new hard drive, whatever. And they replaced that with, it with a uh, metal plate and a security screwdriver that nobody has. Now, let me ask you here, and either one of you can answer this question here. Apple cut the price by $100. Is the price of that $100 cheapening it in a way that they don't have this extra stuff, the extra hardware to open it up, and they solder the memory onto the logic board so you don't have separate chips? I don't think there was any overlap between making it less uh, upgradable and making it cheaper. You you have lots of computers that cost a lot less than the Mac Mini that have upgradable uh, memory. It was purely a design decision where they said, look, when you buy the product, it's going to be the way it comes, and we don't want anybody fiddling with the inside. I don't think the cost was a factor at all. So the big question we ask is why? You know, I think it comes down to Johnny's design team has decided that you buy a Mac and it comes one way. Uh, You know, the Mac Mini comes in one color, uh, any color you want, as long as it's silver. And uh, it comes with the amount of RAM that that comes with out of the factory. And I think they've decided that upgradable Macs are a thing of the past. Uh, I mean, they pretty much, there aren't any products on their product line that are 
uh, I guess the the 27 inch iMac you can still upgrade the RAM on that, right? Yeah, yeah. You can upgrade the RAM on the 27 inch iMac, and you can upgrade the RAM on the Mac Pro. Uh, but that's just a matter of time, I would guess, until they take that away too. Well, I think with something like the iMac, which is used more and more for professional purposes, that would be a bad decision. Of course, the Mac Pro, you know, you can take everything apart. You can even replace the processor on a Mac Pro, can't you? You can. You got to be a little tricky, and it's very high-end processors, so the upgrades are expensive. Even if you don't, don't go through Apple, but but yes, you can. Uh, but I still, I mean, the Mac Mini is a very capable machine. But if you go, um, you know, the cheap route and you go with the $500 version, I believe it has something like four gigs of RAM. That's that's great for me today for browsing the internet. But five years down the line, the machine's going to be obsolete whether you want it or not. For me, this is a really interesting case where they had a product that was upgradable. And usually when they're making it, it less upgradable or less repairable, there's some kind of reason that you can point at and say, aha, that's why they did it that way. Okay, they made the iPad harder to get into because they wanted to make it thinner. Uh, with the Mac Mini, it seems very clear that it was an intentional design decision where they are making it a less productive product for the, the consumer for no, no reason other than purely locking them out. Well, that's Apple's goal, I guess. They don't want people adding memory. I mean, for the target audience of a Mac Mini, they probably would never upgrade the memory. I don't know who the target audience is. I know anybody that I talk to that would consider buying a Mac Mini is is the sort of person that the folks at Mac Mini Colo, where they're buying thousands of these things, and they're very interested in having multiple hard drives in them and, and maxing out the RAM. I, mean, I haven't really ever met anybody that bought, bought a Mac Mini that wasn't interested in adding as much memory as they possibly could to it. You're talking about power users. I'm thinking of the casual person who wants a cheap Mac, the cheapest yeah. Mac possible. $500, that's fine because they're pitting that against the $300 sure. PC. And they've already got a display and they've already got the mouse. And I know somebody like that. I know an editor who has horrible problems with the PC. I said, get a Mac Mini because that's the appliance. You plug it in, you turn it on. I just really don't like the fact, and this is nothing you guys have anything to do with, when Apple executives are interviewed by the press, they're never asked those questions. I agree. They never ask the question, why do you make these machines in such a way that if somebody wants to add memory, they can't? Especially something like the MacBook Pro with Retina Display. That is a professional notebook computer. It's not cheap, and you're stuck. Right. Everyone who has a Retina MacBook Pro is wishing they had 16 gigabytes of memory. Everyone. Next year or the year after, they're going to wish they had 32 gigs of RAM. And then the, the memory just isn't available now, but it will be in a few years. And the, the processors are going to be fully capable in two years' time. So it's really hard to look at the strategy and not assume that it's planned obsolescence of one kind or another. Well, we can get Jonathan and Ive in this little room. Let's do that next time. Yeah, let's get him in the room. Maybe well, next time. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's the idea. We get Jonathan and Ive in a little room and we say, listen, man, here's the way it is. And then those of you who watch the NCIS TV show where they kind of slap the person on the head, you know, where, of course, Agent Gibbs slaps someone on the head to right. say, stop doing that, dummy. Right. Well, you slap Jonathan Ive on the head and say, hey, don't you think that somewhere along the line, somebody, professional user buying these computers is going to want to add memory? Right. Even it's if really it's only 5%. Right. Well, the t with the a new iWatch campaign, they're talking about how the, the iWatch is intensely personal and it's going to be customizable for every person out there. And then with all of their computer lines, they're forcing the exact same computer down everybody's throat. And it's, okay, let's say it's 5%. Give us one Mac 
that we can upgrade and tinker with. Uh, and, and they've been systematically removing that from every single machine in the lineup. Well, their logic is get an iMac. At least you could upgrade the RAM or get a Mac Pro. There you go. Let's talk about the 5K iMac. And we're going to have to break soon for a piece of business, but let's continue with this. Okay. Yeah. Now, the 5K iMac, I assume it's pretty much like the others, the existing 27-inch models, right? It's extremely similar to the previous 27-inch iMac. Uh, as we were uh, pulling it apart, we were looking around. We're like, okay, what in the world is going to be different? And it pretty much is exactly the same machine with a much more expensive, fancier screen thrown mm-hmm. in there. So on the back, there's a little slot. You can get in and upgrade the memory without taking the whole thing apart. Uh, the process, if you haven't taken apart an iMac in recent years, there is an adhesive strip that, that uh, sort of glues the glass to the case. And so we have a little pizza cutter tool that you use to slice that uh, adhesive foam and then use suction cups to lift it off. And that's actually a pretty good process. We've gotten used to that and we, uh, we actually kind of like the design. So we've been giving the iMac reasonable repairability scores, even though you have to have the specialized tool and replacement adhesive foam to get inside. Once now, let me ask you a fast question, and we're going to break in a second. And this is the question to ponder Kyle and Miro, and that is, is it easy for someone to first take it off, remove the adhesive, and put it back together again without damaging it in some way? Let's get that question answered on the other side. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Mike Stennerson for Midas Resources. At no time in history have precious metals been more important, certainly not in my 22 years in the industry. The dollar has lost over 90% of its value in the last 60 years. No fiat currency has ever survived the government printing presses. Ours is not immune. The time is now to be proactive. 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Anything tied to the dollar is at risk. CDs, annuities, 401ks, IRAs, stocks, bonds, you name it, so decide. Do you want to leave a legacy of wealth or debt for your family? The choice is yours. Call me at 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Be proactive, not reactive. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. 
But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercial, just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Here on the Tech Night Out Live, I'm Gene Steinberg with Kyle Weens and Miro Jurek. They're from iFixit, iFixit.com. And by the way, we are now on yet one more station. According to our folks over at GCN, we are now heard on WPBQ 1240 AM in Jackson, Mississippi. Okay. Hey, everyone in Jackson. Good to see you. Hi, guys. Hey there. Okay, guys. The question here, of course, is we have the iMac. Most people are only going to really change the RAM. But maybe somebody wants to take the full thing apart and maybe swap out the hard drive. You know, they buy a regular hard drive, and now a few months later, they can buy solid-state memory, and they want to add the solid-state memory. So, guys, you have to remove this adhesive with a special tool. What's involved in putting it back together again? What's involved in reassembling Humpty Dumpty? Yeah, it's surprisingly not all that hard. Uh, th- mm-hmm. There is, uh, so you, you cut this foam adhesive and then you have to peel the old adhesive off and then we give you a new adhesive strip so they're cut in exactly the right shape. Yeah, so you don't have to use any sort of heat gun or heating element like in the iPads because it has that foam in between the two pieces of adhesive. Uh, like Kyle said, you, you just kind of cut it in half and that's that. And it's a little bit less precarious than the previous IMAX, which... You basically had to get large suction cups, and the glass was held in by a magnet, so or several magnets around the perimeter. So basically, you would just 
yank and pray that you don't destroy the glass in the process of yanking it off the display. So, so like it's not as crazy as before. It's an yeah. overall pretty straightforward design. Honestly, if you get in, uh, the hardest part of the whole process is making sure that you don't get dust on the glass when you're putting it back on the LCD. It sounds hard, but uh, when you do it, you're, you're actually kind of pleasantly surprised at what a straightforward process it is. How long does it take? Uh, the whole process, I would say, if you wanted to open this thing up, say, to swap the hard drive on the iMac, and you had all the tools and everything ready to go, what do you think, an hour, an hour and a half? Yeah, yeah, give it two hours just to make sure, but pretty much like in an hour and a half, because the hard drive is right there, so that's not really that difficult once you have the display off. Um, so if you take your time, hour and change. Uh, and it's just a regular three and a half inch desktop hard drive. So you could swap this out for a hybrid drive. You could put a four terabyte drive in there. Uh, uh, pretty much anything you want would fit inside. Now, the 5K model ships with a one terabyte Fusion drive, which is 128 gigabyte solid state storage with a fixed hard drive. And you get a lot of the advantages of a solid state drive with a fixed hard drive, which has, of course, the cost. Now, someday in the next 20,000 years, solid state drives will be so affordable you'll be able to buy one or two terabytes for $300, but not this year. Not this year, but but I mean, next year, uh, it's absolutely possible that you could get uh, SSD and, and drop it in there. And by the way, you could fit, it might take some special mounting brackets or you could uh, devise something, but you could put a two and a half inch drive inside this where, where a three and a half inch drive is now. Uh, I think it's something where the sky is the limit. You could install just about anything you want in this thing. Now, the 21 and a half inch version has the problem of non-upgradable RAM, but can you change the hard drive on that one? Uh, yeah, absolutely you can. It doesn't have the, the RAM slot, but it's the exact same process to take these things apart. The iMacs are really surprisingly, I guess, consistent across the entire product line right now. The, the disassembly process is very similar. You know, we have separate repair manuals for each because we walk it through with the position of every screw and every connector, but the designs are really, really similar. Let's move to other Apple gear here, okay? Now, when it comes to portables, the only one worth opening is the legacy MacBook Pro, right? Uh, you know, open for upgrading, I'd say that's that's correct. But when it comes to, to repair, you can still repair a lot of things in the MacBook Airs and the Retina MacBook Pros. So if you, if you, you know, step on it and crack the screen, or if you need to swap out the, the keyboard or a keycap on the keyboard, there's a lot of repairs that you can still do on those machines. In general, what's involved? Getting these funky little screwdrivers to open them up? Yeah, that's the first thing that you need is Apple's proprietary pentalobe-shaped screwdriver, which is something that nobody else in the electronics industry uses. Uh, but we've, we make and sell, and we've sold you know hundreds of thousands of these uh, screwdrivers to get in. So there's one thing to know is there's two sizes of pentalobe screwdriver. There's the iPhone size, and there's the MacBook size, which is a little bit larger. So uh, if you get one of our toolkits, we give you both, but uh, I would make sure that you get that screwdriver. But once you've got the screwdriver, the case comes open, and it's pretty straightforward. Now, this unrepairability, you know, where you can't change the RAM, and even if you get the things open, you know, you got to really be careful and go through a bit of a process with special screwdrivers and such. How does that transfer to the Windows platform? Are Windows PCs as difficult or eccentric to open? No, I think this is really something where Apple is forging on, on their own path. Or Which, foraging, as someone says. <laughs> Maybe so. They uh, 
they're doing things that we don't see anybody else doing for, for reasons that, that aren't particularly good. Uh, you know, Dell has made tablets that are just as thin as, as the iPad. The Kindle uh, Fire tablets are even thinner than the iPad Air in some cases. Uh, and they're, they're able to do it and make them still easy to get into. So uh, th- I think that they've got some priorities that are mixed up. And, you know, it's not just causing problems for consumers. It's also really causing recyclers trouble because they don't know how to take these things apart and recycle them safely. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Tell me a story. Okay, let's look at some of the other Apple gear. The allegedly bendable or non-bendable iPhone <laughs> 6 Plus. So normally, there's no need to ever get in there. But after a year or so, I went and replaced the battery. Or maybe I broke the screen and I didn't have a square trade or an Apple Care right. warranty. And I or need maybe, to replace that screen. Or maybe you bent it. As I said, I saw, I saw a YouTube compilation video this morning of 300 bent iPhone sixes, where they had found photos of 300 people that had bent their their iPhones. And I look at that and I say, "Gee, that looks pretty darn straightforward to bend it back into shape." But you see, I also look at it this way, and that is, Apple has sold how many millions of those things? Sure. And only 300—that's all they could find. Sure. <laughs> or that's all they had time to put in the video. But yeah, no, I'm with you. I don't. I don't necessarily think that it's a huge problem. Uh, just like most other repairs, you know, just because the screen breaks in the iPhone doesn't mean it's a bad product design. It just means that if you drop it, you break it. Uh, same thing with bending it. If you if you you know put it in your pocket and it's it's a little bit too much pressure, maybe you bend it. At least you bent it instead of breaking it. I'd say that's that's better because it's pretty straightforward to open the thing back up and bend it back. All right, so let's let's talk about that right now. We're going to break in about forty seconds so we can get started. So Miro and Kyle. I stick my iPhone 6 Plus in my back pocket. Now, understand, I, looking at you guys, I have a video of these two gentlemen. They both seem to be in pretty good shape, and they're not <laughs> overweight or anything. They don't weigh 4,000 pounds or something like that. They're, they're not overweight. You're overweight, Miro? But they're not overweight. They're just agreeing with me. Okay, no. so the question we're going to ask, which they will answer on the other side, is, okay, so whether I am overweight or whether I did something wrong and I bent my iPhone 6 Plus. I didn't try to force the issue to have my video on YouTube so I could earn all that AdSense money from Google. It just happened. And I want to see if I can fix it myself. We're going to find out how on the other side with Kyle Weens and Nero Jurek from iFixit. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. 
Have you ever noticed how many sick and miserable people there are? I'm serious. I'm talking about people of all ages who have conditions and diseases which affect their quality of life. Most of them seem to have one thing in common, polypharmacy. That is dependence on multiple prescription drugs with side effects that actually make them sicker and sicker, not healthy. The good news is that people are waking up to the fact that if you supply your body with all of the nutrients it requires, you will feel better, be healthier, and have a better life. It's important to know that Beyond Tangy Tangerine is the most amazing, great-tasting, comprehensive nutritional supplement. Besides supplying all the vitamins our bodies need, it also supplies the necessary minerals that are required for the vitamins to kick in. Look, folks, I'm hooked on it, and I think if you try it, you'll become hooked. This stuff really works. That's why I'm urging you to make it part of your daily health regimen. Visit InfoWarsTeam.com to secure your canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine today. Sign up for auto ship and save on shipping costs. That's Beyond Tangy Tangerine at InfoWarsTeam.com. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Three square meals you'll need in an emergency. So the freeze-dry guys three-square meal unit sale is just a ticket. A variety pack of tasty, nourishing breakfast, lunch, and dinner on sale now. Breakfast is freeze-dry guys' favorite. Hot oatmeal and sweet dehydrated bananas. Lunch is Mountain House freeze-dried hot macaroni and cheese and crisp green beans. And dinner is Mountain House long grain wild rice pilaf and hearty beef stew, vegetables, and gravy. Call freeze-dry guy and ask for details on the 120 26 serving three square meals unit. One case normally $164.37. Sale price at only $138.90. Save over 25 bucks. Get two or three cases and save even more. Or ask about Freeze Dry Guys Fall Chili Special. Always free shipping to the lower 48 states. Call 866-404-3663 or click freezedryguy.com. And hurry, the Fall Chili Special and three square meals unit are on sale while supplies last. From the Freeze Dry Guy, the finest freeze-dried and dehydrated foods available for long-term storage, period. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. This is the Tech Night Owl Live. I'm Gene Steinberg. We have Kyle and Miro from iFixit. So, gentlemen, tell me this story here. How? Do I unbend my phone? So the first step is there are two pentalobe screws on the bottom of the phone. Uh, and like just like on, on the MacBook, it's a special screw, uh, but you get it from us. You get one of our liberation kits that we've been practically giving away. Uh, you can get inside. So you need two screws. And then uh, to get the display out, you need a little suction cup. And this could be a suction cup that you use to uh, 
you know, attach something to your shower or you get a suction cup with one of our toolkits and you just pop the, the screen off. Um, it, it opens from the bottom up and then there's a couple cables. And at that point, you can disconnect the display from the rest of the unit. Yeah. So once you're in, I mean, you have all of these other components, but really the display itself, you know, with the glass, that's the stuff that might shatter as you're trying to bend it back. So it kind of depends on how much your phone is bent as to how many components you want to remove once you're in. But uh, really, at least with the 6 Plus, uh, Apple made it fairly easy to get inside and not to screw up a bunch of cables as you're pulling the two pieces apart. So, you know, once you're in, I mean... I would say go, once you're in, you could try just bending yeah. it back and... Yeah, if and, it's a slight little curve. Uh, it depends on how extreme it is, but most of the deflection that we're seeing is in the one to five degree deflection range. It's not very much. So you can very, very carefully, using the weak point on the case, put pressure on that weak point and and gradually bend it back. If If it's something where you're having a little bit of trouble with that, then I would say remove the battery uh, and then and then try doing the bending because the battery is glued to the frame and actually provides a lot of the structural rigidity of the iPhone's case. Yeah. If you pull the battery out, you've got quite a bit of leeway to be able to, to very carefully bend it back into shape. And honestly, I, I wouldn't be opposed to like once you have the glass off and you just put the phone upside down and you just very gently put a rolling pin to it and kind of apply, you know, uniform pressure to just uh, even it out. And I know it sounds kind of silly, but I don't see a reason why that wouldn't be able to just kind of slowly but gently bend the case back the way it was. Obviously, you'd put a cloth over it to protect it, but you're just kind of massaging it back yeah, into shape. Yeah. yeah. Basic metallurgy. It's a great thing about metal is, yeah, it bends, but you can bend it back no problem. Yeah. Of course. And of course, if the only way it really weakens if you bend it back and forth at the stress points over and over again, but we're assuming one time only, and we're assuming if you bent it once, you better learn your lesson because you don't want to do it again. But I think the big question here is whether when you see these iPhones being bent, it's because someone is deliberately forcing the issue most times, especially now with all that crazy publicity. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm well, okay, so here's the analogy. One time I was sitting um, you know, on a flight in an airplane, it was kind of tight, and my iPhone 4S screen shattered while I was while it was in my pocket just due to the undue pressure. So people are just kind of blowing this out of proportions because they sat on it by mistake. And, you know, there's like a couple hundred, maybe even, I don't know, a couple of thousand out of several million that, you know, this happened to. But people shatter screens all the time. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'd say we're on the same page with you that we think that it's blown out of proportion. But it's fortunately, it's something that, that's pretty easy to fix. So I would say that the onus uh, falls on the people that you know, did accent whatever else end up bending their phone. And just like if you crack the screen, uh, it's on you to either fix it yourself or get it fixed. All right. Now, on the Android side, we know, of course, that the Samsung Galaxy S5 4 3, they are plastic. But Samsung has some metal phones too, right? Uh, the new Samsung Galaxy Alpha, which we just did a teardown on, has a, uh, has a metal external case. Although the, the internal mid-frame um, is a little bit different. And in our kind of initial, and we didn't, we didn't take it to the point where we bent it, but we didn't see symptoms of um, this sort of bendability that we do with the iPhone. And it's just sort of due to a difference in the way that the phone is constructed. 
And it's also not as large as the it's 6 It's not as Plus. large of a phone. Yeah, I mean, that's so. that's part of the issue when you go to a 6 Plus. Is it's just a really big phone and pressure on <laughs> either side I mean, of it. You're putting a tablet in your pocket. I mean, let's be honest. It's a small tablet. I think it's worth comparing, if we're talking about uh, bending issues on the, the 6 Plus, to the Samsung Galaxy Note, which is around the same size. I haven't met anybody in the wild with a Samsung Galaxy Note that hadn't cracked the screen on it. Uh, it, it's so big, it's so slippery, people drop them and crack the screens. Well, that's the downside of getting those big phones. Of course, now it looks like people may be buying phablets, so-called, instead of maybe a small tablet. Right. Yep. Which, you know, from an uh, environmental perspective, if you have one device that can serve the purpose of two, that's fantastic. Just take good care of it or make sure that if you do break it, that you get it repaired rather than buying a new one. Right, that's the best way, but otherwise you have to send that thing out to be recycled. Okay, now compared to Apple's iPhones, what about repairability of these other products? Now with Samsung, you could take the back off and replace the battery on a lot of the Samsungs I've seen. Mm -hmm. But is that fairly general among Android phones or what? Yeah, most of the Android phones have used removable batteries, which is fantastic. The phone that we have ranked the poorest, that gets the lowest markings from iFixit, and this is across the board, the phone that we like the absolute least is the HTC One and its uh, brethren, the One M8 and some of their, their variants, because it's glued together similar to the iPad. Um, historically, we've given Samsung products uh, better, slightly better scores than, than the iPhone. The Galaxy S4, we really liked a lot. Uh, but actually, they flip-flopped, and we ranked the iPhone 6 higher than the Samsung Galaxy S5 this time. Why uh, is that? So they went ahead and they glued uh, the uh, Galaxy S5 together in an attempt to make it waterproof, uh, which is something that Apple hasn't done. Uh, and so what it means is that maybe you're a little less likely to get your Galaxy S5 water damage, but if you break the screen or if you have a bending-style issue with that phone, um, it's much harder to repair it than it is an iPhone. Easier than to perhaps just have the thing replaced. It's it's on the borderline. I think it's still it's still fixable, but you have to deal with adhesive. So we we gave the Samsung Galaxy S five a five out of ten on our repair score matrix, where we gave the iPhone six a seven out of ten, which is which is quite a bit better. Yeah, uh, but they're both absolutely repairable if you uh, if you have a repair guide that walks you through the process. That's a good question too. If you say a year or two from now have to replace the battery on one of these things. What does Apple charge? What is it, $79 to replace a battery? $79 plus $6.95 shipping and handling, plus not having your phone for however long it takes to send it into them. Can't they replace that in the field now at the stores? They are doing them in the stores, but I mean, when's the last time you got an appointment in an Apple store? It's kind of challenging to get them these days. I haven't in a while, but I take it that still... If you had to make it the next day or something or the day after, it's still faster than sending it off somewhere. Okay, but yeah. if I wanted to do it myself, mm -hmm. what would it cost me for the battery? And how much time would it take? I want to see what's worth it. Yeah, so we generally charge between $25 and $40 for batteries, depending on which phone it is. Uh, but so let's say it's $40 for the battery and the tools that you need. On an iPhone 6, I think anybody with no prior experience could swap the battery on an iPhone 6 in under 20 minutes. So you're talking max half an hour of your time to make 40 bucks. I think I think that's pretty good. That's a good hourly wage, $80 an hour. Okay. I think so. I think so. I wish I was making that. Yeah. Teach you to go into business for yourself. So, okay. <laughs> I want to change the battery on my iPhone 6. Is it the same process as an iPhone 5 or 5S? 
it's actually a little bit easier on the iPhone mm-hmm. 6 than on the 5S. They used to have this cable that was attached to the home button in the 5S. And so uh, they actually rerouted it in the 6, which made it really nice because now there's only, you know, think of it kind of like popping up a car hood. There's only one cable on the main portion of it. And so before what used to happen is if you kind of, you know, were a little bit excessively putting force with the suction cup, you might be able to uh, shatter that or split that cable from the home button. But because that's gone now, it's just, you know, the large cables in the back. So it um, should be relatively easy to just pop it open like a car hood and then get to work on the battery. Do you have to have really small fingers to do this? That's the question I'm going to hold to our yeah. next segment, okay? Kyle Weens, Miro Jurek, they're from iFixit, iFixit.com, where you learn how to do it yourself. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> America's largest independently owned communications network, GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Have you ever heard of a Ghost 80% AR-15 rifle? I was over at my buddy Mark's house the other night, and there he was in the shop working away on his new toy, a Ghost 80% AR-15. He said he bought it from Guns80.com because they got a great deal right now, and he just wanted to experience building his own firearm. And you know Mark, he doesn't want a lot of unnecessary red tape attached, if you know what I mean. He said he had to pay no DROS fees, there was no 10-day waiting period, said he can register it as a pistol if he wants, and the best part... It's 100% legal in most states if it's completed by the owner. Hey, it looks like a pretty easy project to me. So I just went to guns80.com myself and ordered mine. I can't wait to get it built. I hope it gets here soon. Hey, get your Ghost AR-15 today at guns80.com. Prices have never been better, and you can go right now to guns80.com. That's guns80, the number's 80, guns80.com. See you on the range. Get yours today. If you need to say happy birthday, happy anniversary, thank you, or simply I'm thinking of you, ProFlowers.com is the key. ProFlowers has stunning bouquets, like the best-selling 100 blooms for $19.99. Plus, ProFlowers will include a glass vase for free. Sending someone a wonderful surprise of beautiful flowers sent fresh from the fields is easy. Choose the bouquet you like, pick the delivery date, and each order is 100% guaranteed. Plus, all bouquets from ProFlowers are guaranteed to last at least seven full days. Beautiful, fragrant flowers, picked fresh and sent to your loved one for lasting enjoyment. 
to get this incredible savings and send someone 100 gorgeous blooms with a free vase for $19.99. Go to proflowers.com, click the blue microphone in the top right corner, and enter code PLOW. That's proflowers.com. Click the mic and enter code P-L-O-W. What good is a Big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. I remember back in the 60s and 70s, you had all these do-it-yourself things. You could even build your own radio kits and yeah. amplifiers. You had Heath Kit. Do you remember Heath Kit and Allied Radio? That goes back so many years. So now with iFixit, I guess it's in that tradition where you take your gear and you learn how to repair it yourself. Okay, so we're taking apart the iPhone 6, and we have just this one cable assembly that holds the battery? Yeah, so th they removed a cable that was making it hard to, a bit harder to get inside. So when you, when you open it up, uh, it just pivots on one side. There's a couple cables that you detach, and then the display comes completely separated from the phone. And then you've got the display completely separated from the phone. And at that point, the battery is just right there. There's some little pull tabs that you can use to remove the adhesive on the battery. battery pops right out. Uh, it's really very straightforward, and the phone is clearly designed to make it easy to replace the battery. What are the downsides? Uh, I don't really think there's a whole lot of downside. You, you have to be you have to be careful. I mean, it is a phone. There's you know mm -hmm. the cables are small, so you need to be diligent. You need to have a repair guide that tells you exactly what what's going to happen ahead of time. Uh, but we think that that just about anybody is going to be able to replace the battery in their iPhone six. If you have big clumsy fingers, it doesn't matter. Uh, I could tell you from personal experience that it doesn't matter. I mean, my hands are more akin to like a mechanic's hands than necessarily for well suited for iPhone stuff, and I can do all sorts of these things with no problem. I think Miro's hands are about twice the size of mine. Yeah, uh, and uh, wrong field to go into. Fine. Wait, although I, I do, I would say, I mean, you're you are always better off working on electronics with smaller hands. We'll do local repair events, and we had an event recently where we had a former NFL player and an eight-year-old girl uh, trying to repair iPods, <laughs> and uh, the girl was so much faster and better at it than the football player. There is definitely a disadvantage to having larger hands. Hands, but but you can do it. You just have to be methodical about it. Yep. Let's look at some other components here. All right. Say I have one of the original iPads, like a third generation original case. 
Now, I'm thinking of this because my wife's iPad is a third generation, and I kind of think that in a few months we're going to have to consider replacing the battery. So if I want to do that myself, what's involved? Third generation iPad. Unfortunately, the iPad is the hardest to repair product that Apple makes. Uh, and the, the reason is that unlike the iPhone where there's screws and then you can use suction cups to just lift the glass off, the iPad actually glues the glass down to the frame of the iPad. Uh, and, and so this is an area where I think the iPad is pretty borderline, where we don't necessarily recommend iPad repairs for most consumers uh, because it's, it's a challenge. Now, we have step-by-step instructions on iFixit, and we'll walk you through the process. But where I would say that you could you know, replace the battery in an iPhone in 20 minutes, in an iPad, you're talking about several hours, so at least a couple hours to, to get in and, and, and take apart an iPad. Uh, and the reason is that you have to use extreme heat to loosen the adhesive. So you have to use either a heat gun or we have a tool called an eye opener that's a sack that you stick in the microwave, you heat up, and then you can use it to heat portions of the iPad screen. You have to work your way around the edge of the screen Prying the adhesive up very carefully until you can separate the glass. Without cutting the cable that's actually connected to the glass, which is what, you know, when we do the teardowns and we're fast, we don't notice the cable up until it's too late. But So this is having a repair manual uh, is, is what allows yeah. a repair on an iPad to be possible, uh, but we, we do not in any way pretend that it is easy. So still, you might just want to go to your friendly Apple genius and say, this is your problem. I would I, either an Apple Genius or I would find a local repair shop. You know, our classic local Mac shops that we've been supporting over the years. Those guys have gotten pretty good at repairing iPads, uh, and I think I would probably trust them over the Apple Store with with products at this point. I think that the repair processes that the independent guys have, in some ways, are are quite a bit better than Apple's repair processes. Well, think of it this way: if the Genius breaks your iPad, you get yourself a iPad. May not be the latest version, but might be a later version than a second or third generation. You have to think about that seriously. Let's look at the new iPad Air 2. And I'll tell you, that's tongue twister. Say iPad Air 2 five times. <laughs> iPad and, Air 2. Say it again. iPad Air 2. There you go. Well, Kyle, of course, is an expert at this. Okay. So I want to take apart the iPad Air 2. What's involved? It's pretty much the same process as most of the other iPads. You have to use some kind of heat uh, to very carefully work your way around prying it. There are some some display cables that are even closer to the edge than ever before. Yeah. Um, there's the main um, touch sensor cable is right at the base of it, right by the Touch ID uh, button. And it's very easy to damage as you're, as you're getting inside it. And kind of the big difference between this one and previous generations is that now the LCD is glued to the glass, which actually makes it a little bit, it's kind of a trade-off. It makes the procedure easier because all of a sudden it's not just the glass trying to come off by itself. But uh, you have to be very careful how uh, deep you insert your prying tools because if you put them in too deep, then you're going to start separating the LCD, you know, possibly damaging the LCD. Uh, and separating it from the glass, which you, you shouldn't really be doing. So it's kind of tricky in that regard, but... Uh, we don't really think that the difficulty on this one has gone up too much from previous iPads, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it just continues to be really challenging. Um, so we spend a lot of time helping train repair technicians to make them good at repairing these things, and we've gotten uh, we've gotten pretty decent at it, but we expect that the first one that you take apart is going to be a little bit of a bear. Well, if you want to do a lot of them, there you go. Okay, what about the iPad Mini? 
So the iPad Mini, uh, the interesting thing about the iPad Mini is where the iPad Air 2 is clearly the next generation of the product, uh, the iPad Mini is really last year's iPad Mini. Uh, there isn't a whole lot that's different or changed on it. Uh, and if you, if you look at our teardown, I mean, yeah, we, we do these, these teardowns and we get excited about the new hardware. Well, the iPad Mini uh, wasn't really very exciting for us because it, it looks internally identical to the previous iPad Mini. Yep. All they did was put Touch ID into the new version. Correct. Basically, yeah. Yeah. And so we'll have to update our repair manual a little bit to deal with the, the Touch ID sensor. But uh, overall, uh, the repair process and hopefully a lot of the repair parts are going to be exactly the same as last year's. Now, the iPad Mini uh, 2 last year was a pretty advanced product. And so I don't think that they needed to make dramatic changes to it this year. But it, of all of the Apple gizmos we took apart this year, this was probably the least exciting. It comes in gold, which doesn't change the disassembly process whatsoever. It doesn't matter what color it is. Yeah. It's just that now you can sing the song, She Comes in Color, She's a Rainbow, from the Rolling Stones, <laughs> and feel that it's real. I feel that it's real, Gene. I don't know about you. Well, there you go. Okay, looking at the other side of the fence, you have just started taking down the Nexus 9 tablet, right? Yep. Yeah, so we just did that yesterday. So that is at the tip of our tongue. Uh, the Nexus 9 is Google's uh, hot off the presses iPad competitor. And they had to make sure that it was out in time for Christmas. And I think they just made it in under the wire to get it out in time for, for Black Friday. So are we talking here of a rush job? That's a good question. <laughs> uh, it might yes. be the case. Yeah. We, we yeah. thought, you know, getting it apart, it sure seemed kind of slapped together. Uh, and, you know, HTC isn't known for the highest in hardware, uh, but we've certainly seen some elegant work from them over the years, and this did not seem to be fitting into that category. Yeah, there's just some weird things here and there, like the rear-facing camera used this adapter to put itself onto the board, whereas normally you would just have it connected directly, you know, one type of cable to that same exact connector but for whatever reason i i don't know you know if uh maybe the designer was sick that day or something but basically the camera if you're not careful will come off along with the back cover that it's it's very nice that you could easily remove the cover but if you're not careful the camera comes along with it and so then you're going to have to uh, essentially take apart the motherboard from the rest of it in order to connect it back because the connector is actually on the other side. And so it just kind of seems like they took a very nice display and they took some nice, you know, CPU performance and two gigs of RAM, et cetera. And then they just kind of used components of yesteryear to fill in the gaps and put in some crappy little speakers and called good. Sounds to me that you're not impressed, Miro, with this product. Not at all. <laughs> not for $400. Maybe for 200 bucks, okay, you know, that would be nice, but... Yeah. For it to be an iPad Air competitor, I mean, both of them are not terribly good at repairability. So it's not like uh, one, you know, is getting these high marks, at least in terms of repairability. So if, if you don't have that, I guess then it's just down to the Android system versus... Yeah, which know. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing really good things about the latest version of the Android software. People think that it's, it's pretty elegant, but I, I don't know that the hardware is robust enough. So if you're just looking at the product of, I'm going to buy this and I want to hang on to it and I want it to function and be durable for two or three years, I'd say that the iPad's design is clearly meant to be a lot more durable than this HTC tablet design. We have Kyle Weems 
and Nero Jurek. They're from iFixit, iFixit.com. A little bit more coming on the Tech Night Out Live. A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Hi, I'm John Rainey, Chief Financial Officer of United Airlines, and I'm honored to be the National Chair for the 2015 March for Babies campaign for the March of Dimes. United is a proud supporter of the March of Dimes mission to improve the health of babies and fight premature birth. We're helping the March of Dimes fund breakthroughs in research and community programs that help more mothers have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Please join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit marchofdimes.org. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. On Facebook, on the news, and in conversations with friends, we're bombarded every day with advice on how to be healthier, from gluten-free and non-GMO diets to how much exercise and sleep the body needs. But how much have you heard about alkalizing the body? AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are a holistic and natural way to get your body's pH levels back in balance. Just a few drops in water will help your body rid itself of harmful waste. And even the healthiest of diets can be complemented with your daily use of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Who isn't looking for more vibrance, vigor, and energy? Now buy two bottles of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops and get $10 off your order. Visit AlkaVision.com or call 800-518-7615. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops are packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds. Open the door to greater health, vitality, and zest for life. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health. Call 800-518-7615 or head to AlkaVision.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. This is the Tech Night Owl Live, and we're tearing apart the latest gear, ripping it to shreds, or trying to do it without damaging anything. And giving you some hints and tips of what to do if you want to fix it yourself. Now, I'm going to point out again that I'm not saying you should fix it yourself. And Kyle and Miro are not saying you should fix it yourself. But if you decide you want to make the effort, they've got the manuals. They've got tools. They've got battery stuff like that at ifixit.com that's going to help you. We're saying we think you should take a chance in yourself. Take a look. So people ask me all the time, should I fix this thing myself? And I say, I don't know, but look at the repair manual and I fix it and tell me if you feel like that matches up with your confidence and your skill level. And if you think it's something that, that looks like you can do it, then then go for it. And if not, find a local repair tech who's probably using iFixit uh, along the way as well. All right. What about these mail order places? Are they using iFixit too? You know, I have yet to meet a uh, uh, you know repair tech or a repair shop that was working on these mobile devices that wasn't using iFixit in some capacity. Even the Apple geniuses use us from time to time. Oh, how do you know that? Well, they, they tell me when I ask them and I say, hey, so you've got Apple's manuals and you've got our manuals. Which one do you use more often? They say, eh, it's about 
Yeah. But every time they figure out that I'm from I Fix It, they, they all know about us and they literally just say, oh, hey, I use your manuals all the time. I'm like, sweet, you know, that's great. So we feel like we're in a little bit of a competition with the folks who write manuals at Apple to see who can write the better manual for their product. Now, they've got access to all kinds of information that we don't. They have, you know, service bulletins from the engineers. They've got CAD schematics. They know exactly how the product was put together. We don't know any of that. We just get it and we have to we have to use our, our brains once we get the hardware and, and finesse our way inside. But I, th I think we've gotten reasonably decent at it over time. And then it's our job to take hardware, no matter how well it was designed and and make it as straightforward and easy as possible for you to do a repair now you're going in there like a black box you have no idea what's inside until you look it over and figure it out did you ever find a product in the years you've been around let's have a little fun here ever find a product where there's just no way to do it without just damaging everything yeah yeah there's, there's been a few products lately so let's see uh the fitbit is an example of a product where yeah. uh it's it's not possible to replace the battery in the fitbit uh so if you get a fitbit and you look at it like there's no seams there's no screws nothing mm -hmm. uh it's basically a plastic case that's welded together uh, and the only way we've ever been able to take apart the Fitbit is with a Dremel and actually cutting the case open. Yeah. So those are just designed to be thrown away. I mean, yeah. once the battery caps out, that's that. There's no secret method then There's by the no manufacturer no to fix this. No, it's just it's just glued together. Uh, I found another product recently that I was completely blown away. I, I bought it and I was thinking, oh, this isn't going to be that hard to take apart. It was a Keurig coffee machine. Really? Uh, and I was trying to take apart the Keurig coffee machine. It took me two hours to get the case off. Okay. Uh, and then I, huh. I did a little more investigation. It turns out the outer case of it, in order to pop the outer case off, you actually have to break a whole bunch of tabs. And I was thinking, because on the bottom of the coffee machine, it said authorized service personnel only. And I'm just thinking, I am an idiot. I can't figure this out. And these authorized service personnel clearly are smarter than me. And then I was talking with someone who, who's worked with Keurig, and he says, oh, yeah, there's no authorized service personnel. They just throw those things away. <laughs> so I didn't yeah. feel so bad then. So I would say, I would say the answer to your question, the, the things that we've come across in the last month is the, uh, these Fitbits and the Keurig coffee machines. Yeah, You do coffee machines. That's even crazier. We have, we have a repair manual for the Starbucks Barista Espresso machine on the, our website. And you know, it's been contributed by community members. It has gotten hundreds of thousands of page views. People are super interested in fixing this thing. And I get emails on a regular basis from people saying, oh, thanks so much for helping me fix my espresso machine. And I'm like, I didn't know. I didn't know it was all that easy to fix. But it turns out they break all the time and they're pretty straightforward to fix. And it's not like you're going to go down the street and find a espresso machine repair guy. Uh, so people are just repairing them themselves and they're, they're having really good success with it. And people love their machines, and, and that's really the bottom line. Like, people love this Starbucks barista that's been serving them well for, you know, what now, a decade, I guess. Why would you go out and buy a brand new, cheap plastic piece of, you know, whatever, duty, when you can just replace a couple of hoses or a pump or whatever in your existing machine, make it work for another 10 years? Now, do you guys get into looking at other electronics like TV sets? Yeah. We've done a little bit of that. We don't have a ton of TV repair guides on iFixit yet. It's something that we'd really like to address and get more manuals online. Uh, and that's an area where the community nature of iFixit really comes into play. Because 
on the staff that I fix it, we've written maybe 20% of the repair manuals on the website. The rest come from people like you that maybe you're good at fixing uh, lawnmowers or something and we're not. So you take some photos as, you, as you're doing a repair on the weekend, post it on the site. And over time, that seed of a repair manual turns into something that's really robust. Now, in general, with things like television sets, and we think really what goes wrong on a TV set other than the flat panel display, but power supplies... Mm-hmm. very commonly go on a TV set. That's what you often find to be the Achilles heel of any of these products. Like, for example, I had a 2008 Panasonic Plasma. Plasma, of course, is now ancient history, I think. The last remaining plasma TV maker is LG, and that ends this year. Okay. Yeah. No more mm-hmm. plasma. Okay. So I have this TV set, and the power supply is gone. Do I just call, or I think the power supply is gone because it won't power on? Or I turn it on and it goes off right away. Do I call the TV repair person or do I think, you know, maybe I can fix this myself? We've found that the TV repair folks have gotten less and less capable of doing repairs where consumers have gotten more and more capable. Uh, and part of that is just that there are so many models and it's pretty expensive, you know, and time consuming to, you know, uproot your TV from your house and take it all the way down to their repair shop. And so we're seeing more consumers doing it. Mm-hmm. The trick is really getting the service part. It's pretty easy to take things apart. Uh, Mm -hmm. Take TVs apart. But then if you need a new power supply for a given LG TV, can you get it? And if you can get the service part, uh, there's a pretty good chance you're going to be able to repair it. Are they hard to open up? They get thinner and thinner, and you wonder if they're following the Apple approach. But is it easy to open up a TV set and get to the power supply? So I haven't really touched um, any of the newest of the new TVs, but at least, you know, let's say a TV from a year or two ago, um, all they are, for the most part, are number two Phillips screws. So uh, you just kind of work your way around the perimeter. There's probably like 50 screws that you have to go through. So you just kind of, you know, make your way, make sure you have all the screws off. And then once you do that, really, then the back panel just comes right off. Of, you know, it's all just plastic. So uh, as long as you kind of take care, because sometimes they have a couple of tabs here and there. Uh, you can get the back cover off, and then it's just a matter of, and, and you're right, the, the power supplies are, for the most part, what fails unless you throw a baseball at the LCD. As long as you don't shatter the LCD, everything else uh, in the back is pretty fixable, including the power supply. And like Kyle mentioned, all you have to do is figure out how to get that replacement board, and that, that can be a bit of a challenge. But opening it, no problem. You're saying here that... We don't have the TV repair people we used to have that can just come to your house and just fix anything. Why is that? Is it because there's so many models and so much confusion about doing all these things, or is it that people don't want to be a TV repair person anymore? I think it has more to do with the number of models. Uh, in the early 90s, the TV manufacturers started really ramping up the number of models that they had. They also started cutting off the TV repair guys from getting access to circuit schematics, which is really what you need in order to be able to do the board level repairs where you can make a lot of money. So it's a combination of there's a lot of models and the independent repair folks aren't being given access to the information and tools that they need to do it well. Uh, fortunately, I think things are starting to swing it back in the other direction. We're seeing more and more successful uh, TV repair shops now. I was hanging out with uh, some folks who've gotten really good at fixing bios uh, last week. And they tell me, absolutely, I mean, we're fixing hundreds of different bio models and we're very successful at it. So we're, I think we're going to start to see a resurgence of this because nobody wants to buy a new TV every three years. 
That's the problem with the TV industry, of course, is that people don't replace their TVs every three years. Now, we had this Panasonic for like five or six years, and then I got a review sample from Vizio that they said, you can keep around for a while as long as you like it. And I said, all right, I'll keep using it for a while. So I ended up selling the Panasonic, feeling that if I got the letter from the guy at Vizio, bring it back, send it back, I'd buy another set. We've got Kyle Ween's Miro Jurek from iFixit. One more segment with them on the Tech Night Out Live. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Have you ever felt like the United States government knows way too much about your financial affairs? I continue to hear stories about property seizures, frozen bank accounts, confiscation of stocks and bonds. It makes me wonder if the U.S. citizen will ever again have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, with the Drug and Money Laundering Act, the IRS Revenue Ruling 6045 of 1984, and the Trading with the Enemy Act and Franklin D. Roosevelt's Executive Order of 1933, some precious metal holdings are subject to government intervention. For this reason, Midas Resources has prepared a report explaining the boundaries of trading precious metals privately. Whether if you have any intention of trading with Midas Resources or not, I have instructed my representatives to give this report out free. Call for your free copy at 1-800-686-2237. When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately. 1-800-686-2237. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Three square meals you'll need in an emergency. So the freeze-dry guys three-square meal unit sale is just a ticket. A variety pack of tasty, nourishing breakfast, lunch, and dinner on sale now. Breakfast is freeze-dry guys' favorite. Hot oatmeal and sweet dehydrated bananas. Lunch is Mountain House freeze-dried hot macaroni and cheese and crisp green beans. And dinner is Mountain House long-grain wild rice pilaf and hearty beef stew, vegetables, and gravy. Call freeze-dry guy and ask for details on the 126-serving three-square meals unit. One case normally. 16437 sale price at only 138.90 save over 25 bucks get two or three cases and save even more or ask about freeze dry guys fall chili special always free shipping to lower 48 states call 866-404-3663 or click freezedryguy.com and hurry the fall chili special and three square meals unit are on sale while supplies last from the freeze dry guy the finest freeze dried and dehydrated foods available for long term storage period 
Hello, Rose Holmberg here. If you know anyone who suffers from any kind of arthritis pain, I have suffered with severe rheumatoid arthritis for over 45 years. That is until this summer when I was told about 90 for life and a secret sauce. You too can experience a life free of this pain. I work from home helping others by sharing with them this information that will give you hope and change your life. Call right now, 763-291-5052. Again, call 763-291-5052. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. With iFixit, Kyle and Nero and the rest of the staff obviously are fixing lots and lots of things. And we talked briefly about TV sets. I guess the one other popular product people have is the printer. And the printers, you know, a lot of printers are so cheap that it may be just easy enough when the printer goes back to replace the printer because what happens here with most printers is you pay very little for the printer and then you pay and pay and pay again for the consumables so kyle or miro is it worth fixing a printer that's tricky it really depends (laughs) on the printer and and what's wrong with it it's an area where we hear a lot of frustration from people. With with laser printers, I would say usually the answer is yes. And with inkjets, it's more up in the air. Yeah. Like you said, you know, they're basically becoming a disposable commodity, which really sucks. But at the same time, you know, if you could get a new one for, what are they now, $30? I mean, you know, the, the ink costs an order of magnitude more than the actual printer down the line. Almost like a vessel for ink, really. Which which I find a little bit frustrating. It's kind of similar to the Keurig. I don't understand if the company makes all their money on the ink and not on the printer. It sure seems like it ought to be in their best interest to make a printer that lasts 10 or 15 years. They should be building these things like tanks so they can just keep selling the ink. And I think they're being a little bit short-sighted with making uh, you know, these disposable products where you get so frustrated with your disposable HP inkjet the people just stop printing altogether and they switch to uh, you know, iPads. I think that it's an area where the, the printer industry has done themselves a disservice by selling us crappy products. Well, when you look at something that's a $50 printer or a $30 printer, they're selling it for less than cost. They expect to make that money back from the consumables. But say you have a printer that's two or $300, and I have an HP OfficeJet 8600 Pro Plus. Horrible tongue twister of a name. It's a big, robust... 35-pound office inkjet all-in-one printer, okay? And I've had for a little bit of time. It's not new. It's maybe two, three years old. Now, I would think a printer that costs that much would be worth fixing if something went wrong, wouldn't it? I think so. And you know, nobody has really put together comprehensive repair instructions for these things and coupled it with service parts. 
So it's an area that we would like to address on iFixit. We just haven't gotten to it yet. We, we feel like we've got the entire scope of all the products out there, and we're real, trying really hard. Now, we have been adding more and more printer repair guides to iFixit. And we've got manuals for maybe a dozen printers now and more being added all the time. I don't think that specific printer is there yet, but we definitely have manuals for a number of different HP printers. Uh, and we would like to see more. So I would say if, if you're out there and you've managed to find a way to get, get a printer fixed, take some photos of the process. Let's get it online and let's see if we can start to crowdsource this problem because you know it's a bigger problem than any one of us can solve. But, but by pooling our resources, maybe we can lick it. What tends to go bad? on one of these inkjet printers? Is there a central kind of part? I'm not thinking about print heads because they're generally removable and replaceable, or maybe they're not on some models. What are the components that will break first on a printer? Yeah, so we see the either the motor or the, the paper feed mechanism. So either it's the paper printer roller motor or some of the, the mechanical mechanisms around that can fail. Uh, on the scanners, you know, people either break the scanner glass or the lights themselves can blow out. Any any of the areas where it's where it's touching and feeding paper through, you can have rollers and gears that can can bind up and break. Yeah, just um, mechanical pieces that yeah wear and tear over time. There's springs that in, in the office we had. Uh, what is that printer? Does the, oh the color cube. Yeah, we have a Xerox color cube where it's had consistently intermittent mainboard failures. Yeah. Uh, we've had the Xerox service tech out half a dozen times to try to fix this printer. He doesn't have any idea what's wrong with it. At <laughs> that point, you can't call Xerox and say, wait a minute, he can fix it. Give me another printer. I don't need this anymore. What happened is they sent us another one and it had the same problem. Uh -oh. <laughs> and it, we, eventually we tracked it down. Do you remember what the... Well, okay, so what it came down to was basically there is a spring within the mechanism, I think the paper feeder, and it was this very, very specific part where it has to be exactly that replacement. And even though we tried some, you know, kind of like jerry-rigging over here, it didn't work. So they had to finally order that one little piece, you know, it's probably like 50 bucks or something for a stupid spring, but at the end, the printer worked. But, you know, it took us like several calls and several times for the person to come here to finally figure out is this one broken spring. And, and you know, sometimes we, I think we have this perception that the manufacturers know everything and they've got it all figured out. Nope. And you go to an Apple <laughs> store and they've got all the answers. A lot of times repair is, is interesting and challenging. And these are very complex products that can fail in a way that nobody expected, even the engineers. Uh, so that's where I think that the more collaboration we have between uh, repair techs and consumers and uh, and the geniuses, if we're all working together, uh, we've got a shot at, at solving these problems in ways that, that no individual could do on their own. So if you have a pricey printer, by all means, try to get it fixed. If you have a cheap inkjet, just replace it. Go to the recycling place to get rid of the old one and replace your printer. It's just not worth trying to fix it. Yeah, I'd say that's reasonable. Uh, and, and then, uh, you know, try posting on iFixit. You know, you can ask a question of our community, or if you know anything about printer repairs, we get questions coming in all the time. Please go and, and uh, uh, pitch in what you know. And over time, we'll build up a database of common solutions to these issues. And the big issue, of course, is just getting the spare parts. Will the manufacturer right. sell those things to you? Yeah, and you know, printer spare parts are reasonably available. Uh, it, it completely depends on the model, but there's there's a lot of options out there, particularly for the higher end printers. And I mean, regardless of the printer's price, given that it's already broken, it's not really any big detriment to go inside and see what's going on. Because if it is some silly little spring that you could just 
you know, replaced with, I don't know, a spring from a pen or something of that nature, uh, or you find it online, then even if it's a $50 printer, you still are saving 50 bucks learning something new and in the worst case you're still ending up with a broken printer so it's not like it's broken what do you have to lose yeah exactly so you might as well that's the logic i remember by the way one time i have a xerox 8560 dn it's one of those soliding printers don't want to go into that right now but the repair person came to my home office to fix something I had a service contract for the first year or two, and then I figured it was too expensive, but I was glad I did. So he fixes this problem and breaks the printer. So within a couple of days, I got a brand new printer. He took that. So in that sense, it was worth happening. But then if you can't depend on the printer repair person, whom do you depend on? I don't know, except for I fix it. Kyle Miro, tell our listeners where they can find more information about iFixit, what you have to offer, and what's going on. So head on over to iFixit.com. We've got step-by-step repair guides for every Apple product and a whole lot of other gizmos. Uh, And if you can't find a solution on the site already, you can ask a question, and our expert community will jump right in and see if they can help you diagnose it. And you also sell the manuals, or do you give away the manuals? We give away all the manuals. We make money by selling screwdrivers and other you know, fancy repair tools, and then also repair parts. So uh, if you need a new screen for your iPhone or a battery for your MacBook or keyboard or logic board, we sell just about every uh, component you could ever want for, for Apple uh, products and Android phones and tablets and a bunch of other products. Kyle Weens, Miro Jurek, thank you for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks so much for having us. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24 7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code Gene when you check out. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic
historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. With autumn in the air, it's time to think about getting ready for winter. And it's time to save at HerbalHealer.com. You'll find amazing seasonal savings to prepare you for the fight against cold and flu season. Like Oregacillin to promote lung health. 30 capsules regularly $34.95, now only $25. HHA Olive Leaf, the natural antiviral, normally $16.95, now 60 capsules are just $12. HHA Elderberry Power, a great flu and virus fighter, regularly $16.95, 60 capsules, now $10. Save on all our homeopathic detoxes. Choose from lungs, kidney, liver, brain, libido, or whole body, normally $26.95, now just $20. Visit HerbalHealer.com and click on the Fall Winter Specials button to save on all our natural cold and flu-fighting products. Also explore our Herbal Healer Academy Correspondence Courses that teach you how to handle your health naturally. HerbalHealer.com, healing the world with nature, one person at a time, since 1988. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Mike Bombick. He's from a company that makes carbon copy cloner. And very much the title says it all. So first, tell us a little bit about the history of the app, Mike. I've heard of this for a number of years. So where'd you start out in doing backup software? Certainly. It's, it's actually funny. I, um, I never went to college to do development. I went to college to become a biologist. I got into computers back when I was a grad student and I uh, got one of those little bubble iMacs. And I eventually found that I Doing development stuff was a lot more fun than, uh, than biology, a lot more rewarding for me. So the graduate student computer lab looked like a nice little project. And uh, I wanted to make all of the systems the same, nice and clean, nobody's garbage on the desktop. Uh, so I started writing some scripts that would clean them up and make one look like the next one. And uh, I eventually got my, my master's and went on to, to a, a tech support job at the university, this need grew. And then Mac OS X was introduced. And uh, suddenly we were in a position where we needed to uh, deploy lots of Macs. And there, there really just wasn't a solution. In fact, there was a, uh, 
a belief in the community that that OS 10 couldn't be cloned. People uh, were kind of afraid of the Unix permissions and all of that stuff. And, Would you explain uh, this? Because not everybody understands this permission stuff. Because in the old days, if you wanted to copy an entire drive, you just drag and drop the contents and that's it. But with Unix and OS 10, you couldn't do that. Yeah, indeed. The, the concept of ownership was completely foreign on Mac OS 9 and, and prior OSs. So, yeah, you could just drag the system folder from one disk to another and that would clone it. So uh, it wasn't really very difficult. With Mac OS 10, though, you've got a real security architecture that uh, allows multiple users to use the system and keep them from looking at each other's stuff. So when it comes to, to copying the system, uh, you actually need super user privileges to do it correctly. And I still remember probably the first day I got Mac OS 10 public beta, and I saw that the owner of the system was this root user. <laughs> I thought, that's ridiculous. I set myself as the owner. And then I reinstalled OS 10 because that broke it. Uh, but yeah, so you have to respect ownership and privileges. And uh, as I've discovered over the years, there's lots of other metadata uh, to preserve on OS 10. So it's not quite as simple as just copying a file from the source to the destination. There's there's a lot of other stuff that you need to heed. The question I have, Mike, is this go against the just works concept? Because we have something here where we understand the logic behind permissions and why Unix was designed that way. But Apple is supposed to make it simple for the user. So wouldn't there be a way to work around that? Or is that just unsafe? Well, unfortunately, simplicity and security aren't, aren't synonymous. So to have a secure system, there's, there's inherent complexities that you have to have. That's something that you really just can't give up. And I, I think Apple has done a fantastic job uh, making this system user-friendly and still quite powerful and secure. Um, so, yeah, you, you really can't make it dead simple and secure without some sort of compromise on the back end. Okay, so what did you do to work around this? Obviously, there's a need to back up your data and mm -hmm. there's a need to clone, to make a mirror image of your hard drive in case you have to restore it or start from a different drive if things go bad. Yeah, well, first of all, I'd, I'd like to just put a point on the, the terms clone and backup. I use them interchangeably. I suppose that you could say a clone is a complete backup, a backup of absolutely everything. Um, but when I talk about cloning, it's you know just backing up everything, the system, your user data to another disk, and it's, it's a backup. It's a clone. They're, they're really the same thing. But it's sometimes just, backup is just you back up a folder of files and that's it. Yes, that's true. Yeah. You could have just a, you know, a subfolder that you want to back up. So, yeah, in that case, I, I guess a clone would be a more complete backup. So, so by what magic did you devise a way to work around all these complications that Apple gave us? <laughs> well, that's just it. It's not magic. Uh, it's just a matter of, of looking at what the requirements are from the operating systems perspective and what the file system requirements are. And then you just, you know, you build the system that, that copies the right stuff. You, uh, you copy the data, you copy the ownership, permissions, uh, file flags, access control lists. Uh, and as long as you're copying all these parts, hard links, et cetera, then, you know, the system's going to work. Uh, there's always caveats. OS 10 is constantly evolving. There's volume-specific attributes that uh, sometimes can't be cloned or can't be preserved or shouldn't be copied. Um, but, you know, you just you pick it apart and you figure it out. And uh, eventually, just you find the recipe that works. So are there things you cannot copy? 
or shouldn't copy? Yeah, there's there's actually quite a few things that uh, that you should not copy. And there's even a couple things that it just doesn't make sense to copy. So, for example, uh, there's something called like the mobile documents volume. It's a folder on your startup disk, but it's kind of a volume and it's got a bunch of proprietary stuff in it from Apple um, that it, it actually has references to the address of a file on the startup disk. So if I tried to copy that to the destination, those references wouldn't make any sense. Uh, so those kinds of things we don't copy. And then there's cache files, virtual memory files, um, temporary files, uh, trash. There's there's lots of stuff that it just doesn't make sense to copy because they aren't going to be used uh, the first time you start up from the backup disk. It, it actually just erases that stuff. Uh, spotlight data, that actually shouldn't be copied. That's a volume-specific proprietary data store. Um, so the list goes on and on, and it's actually documented in our, our documentation if anyone wants to see the nitty-gritty details. So with something like that, when you start up with your alternate hard drive, it's going to recreate a lot of that stuff. Yes. Um, virtual memory, that's you know the, a great example. Virtual memory files can be several gigabytes. And the first thing that happens when you boot up OS X is it erases those old virtual memory files and creates new ones. Um, spotlight data store, it's the same thing. If I were to copy the Spotlight data store from one volume to another, actually, the moment that I copy it, Spotlight's going to aggressively just wipe out what I copied and say, no, 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 this is not the data store for this volume. So yes, a lot of that stuff gets, gets recreated. And that's why some people will notice the first time they boot from their backup, it's a little bit slower. There's a lot more file system activity uh, OS 10 is breaking in the new volume. But the point being here also is that when you use Time Machine to back up, it's putting everything in little increments. It's copying differences. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty yeah, complicated. It, it is. And CCC has a similar mechanism. It, it works a little bit differently. Um, Time Machine makes some assumptions about the destination, uh, number one being that nobody's allowed to make changes to it, only Time Machine. Um, so with that assumption, they can take, they can get from the operating system a list of the files that have changed since the last time Time Machine did its backup, and then they'll copy just those changes. Well, CCC has a similar mechanism. The way that it works, uh, I, don't, I can't assume that the des destination doesn't get modified uh, by the end user, by an application or whatever. So I will gather a list of files from the source, gather a list of files from the backup volume, and then compare them and copy only the items that have changed. So I look at the file size uh, and the modification date and uh, copy just the stuff that's different. Do you remove the stuff on the backup drive that's different? So for uh, example, if I add three files to my backup drive, but I want to make a clone, therefore those three files shouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. it, it depends on where they are. Generally, CCC will move those items to a folder called the CCC safety net. And uh, the safety net is a feature that I actually added way back in CCC3 because what we found is that people will have a, a spare hard drive. Maybe they've got their movies on it, uh, stuff that doesn't fit on their startup disk. And they'll say, oh, there's some space on this disk. I'll just use this for my, uh, for my backup. What we found early on was that people would just end up erasing that disk. 
Mike Bombick, Correct. the creator of Carbon Copy Cloner. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. You're listening to GCN, proudly sponsored by UnseenNow.com. Lock down your digital life at UnseenNow.com. This is GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. You pick up the receiver with your heart racing and sweat dripping from your forehead. You finally muster the courage to dial the number to call into your favorite talk radio show. It rings once, twice, and then... Hello, it's GCN. What's your name and the state you're calling from? Surprised you got through, you squeak out. Jason from Minnesota. Please hold. As you patiently wait for your turn, you begin to daydream about being a famous talk radio host and what it would be like to have your own show. Jason from Minnesota, you're up. Millions of loyal listeners worldwide waiting to call and talk to you. Caller, are you there? Cheering crowds surround you, calling out your name. Going once, twice. Okay, we gotta move on to the next caller. You blew it. Huh? Wait, no! Interact with the hosts you're listening to right now online at GCNlive.com. Click on the community link. Engage with other listeners. Ask questions. Start debates. Don't agree with a host? Let them know. Be a part of the community at GCNlive.com. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of HB extract. It's extremely effective and it starts working in just days. Visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers. And we've never increased our price in over 10 years. That makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it. A healthy heart is a happy heart. Call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com. I am so excited. My Ghost 80% AR-15 rifle just arrived. <laughs> I bought it from Guns80.com. I've wanted an 80% AR-15 ever since my buddy Mark got his. I just had to have one. And when I was on the website at Guns80.com, not only did they have a great deal on the Ghost ARs, but I also found lots of other really cool stuff. And they're 80% specialists. At Guns80.com, they have a great selection of pistol kits and rifle kits all of them can be legally shipped straight to your front door. 80% lowers and jigs starting at 50 bucks. 80% rifle kits, 500 bucks. 
everything you need to build an AR in your home, all at guns80.com. Cool part, 100% legal in most states. So get your AR-15 today. I got mine. Now it's your turn. Go to guns80.com. I can't wait to get mine built. Get your ghost AR-15 today at guns80.com. Go to guns80.com. That's guns, the number 8080.com. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. So we have that situation where someone has a second hard drive and they put stuff there that doesn't fit on the main hard drive, but they still want to use it for a backup. So you've got to figure out the differences and create the safety net. Yeah. So what the safety net does is it it rescues you from accidents when you don't know how the backup is going to behave. Uh, so if you've got files that you keep on your destination disk and you think, oh, I'll just I'll put my backup on the destination. But you don't realize that when I, when I'm saying make a clone of my startup disk, uh, what that's really saying is the backup disk is supposed to look exactly like the source, which means delete all this stuff from the backup. Well, we don't like to just delete people's stuff and have absolutely no recourse. So we introduced the safety net feature. And what safety net will do is instead of deleting the stuff immediately, it'll move it aside to a folder on the backup volume. And as long as there's space on the backup volume for the stuff, it'll stick around. And if you realize after a backup task runs, you go into the safety net folder and you can pull your stuff out. I've gotten so many emails from people that, you know, they're just in a panic. I had all my my photo library on there and, and now it's gone. And I say, do you see a CCC safety net folder? And they go into it and they pull it out and they're like, oh, everything's back. Thank goodness. So that's that's what we would, we're really aiming for with the safety net feature. And if you have deleted items, you know, items that you've deleted from the source since a previous backup task uh, or modified items, the older version of that modified item and those deleted items get moved into the safety net. So CCC will look at your source volume Look at the destination volume, see what files need to be copied, and any files that are different on the destination, if the safety net feature is on, they get moved, those things get moved into the safety net. So it, it works a little differently than Time Machine. Time Machine will create a snapshot of all of these differences so that you can go back to any point in time and pull out that older version of a file. And that's actually a really nice benefit of Time Machine uh, that we do not specifically provide in Carbon Copy Cloner. The safety net really is designed to prevent accidents. So if you, you know, deleted something from the source, or you had something on your backup volume, didn't realize it was going to get deleted, you can go to the safety net and pull it out. For most people, this is fine. A lot of people don't constantly go back to find older versions of a file. So the safety net is, is a very functional uh, feature for that. Now, if I'm looking at backup options, and I have Time Machine because it ships with my Mac, mm-hmm. why do I want to have Carbon Copy Cloner? The biggest reason is that you can boot from your carbon copy cloner backup. So imagine you're in this scenario, you're you know working along, it's 5.30 on a Friday night, you really just want to go home, but you def- desperately need to get this project finished. And all of a sudden, the system just starts getting slow, you see the spinning rainbow cursor, and you know if you had a spinning disk, you'd hear a click, click, clicking. Uh, with SSDs, we don't get that auditory feedback. Uh, things have just gone horribly, and it turns out that your startup disk just failed. Uh, with a time machine backup, you'd have to run out to the store, buy a replacement disk, 
come back home, install it, and then restore everything from your time machine backup. And then hours later, you're finally getting back to work. With a carbon copy cloner backup, you attach your backup disk, you reboot your Mac and hold down the option key, and you select your backup disk and boot from that, and you're up and running as if nothing had happened. And you can work from your backup. All of the changes that you make will stay on the backup disk. And when you finally do have time to replace that failed disk, you do the replacement, clone the backup disk to the new hard drive, and then reboot from that new hard drive and you're back in business. Okay, so what we're saying here is when you get a new drive to replace the bad drive and you're running from the backup drive, you don't have to reinstall everything because once you clone your backup drive onto your brand new main drive, it's all there. Everything's ready to go. That's right. And, you know, when you first download CCC and use it for the first time, you can try this out. You know, you just, you finish your backup task, you reboot your Mac from the backup disk, and immediately you'll see the benefit. You know, you're booted from the backup disk, yet everything is, it's exactly as it was just a few minutes ago. So it's, it's as if you were working from that original drive, and it's going to be the same experience if you had to restore your backup disk to a replacement disk. Um, Wherever you were on the backup disk, all of that stuff goes back to that new disk, and you're up and running. So the recommendation here, I guess, is if you install a new operating system and you don't want to take chances like Yosemite's out now, you first do your clone backup. Make sure that the backup drive is current. So if for some reason your operating system installation goes wonky, which is a very technical term, it goes wonky, then you just restart with your backup drive. You're good to go. And then when you have the time, you restore it. Now, we should point out to be realistic Quite often, your backup drive will not be as fast as your regular startup drive, especially if you're using like a Fusion drive from Apple or a full solid-state drive. Certainly, it's going to slow it down, but at least you'll have all your stuff. Exactly. And people definitely notice the speed difference if they're accustomed to an SSD, and then they've got this uh, USB 2.0 backup disk. And it's like, you know, my, my regular car is a Porsche, but I'm driving this little beater car because my, my car is in the shop. <laughs> you, you definitely notice it, but you know, I would really rather boot from a slow backup disc than not have my computer at all. And it actually saved my bacon just uh, a few months ago. I had left my laptop in a hotel and went home without it. And I had a spare laptop and I just booted my, my spare laptop from my backup disc and I could keep doing my work, keep doing development. Sounds good to me. So what what do we need to discover in the world of backups? You have Carbon Copy Cloner 4 is the version that's out now. So what would you like to do to keep making it better? Boy, the list never goes on. You know, CCC4 was a, a huge change over the, the previous version. Um, we put in a lot of UI functionality, user interface functionality that people have been asking for. Um, but I'd like to do more. Uh, there's a lot of talk about backing up to the cloud, which I'm, I'm actually not a huge fan of, uh, primarily due to, to security and performance, uh, and also just how long it takes to get your stuff back. Um, but at the same time, it, it would be nice to have a tertiary backup. Um, you know, your primary backup carbon copy cloner, you can boot from it. It's local. You can immediately get your data back. But if you keep your backup disk in your house and your house burns down, 
heaven forbid, uh, you know, it'd be really nice if you had some of your most critical data uh, off in the, you know, on the internet somewhere where you can access it easily. So if we could maybe offer that kind of solution in the future, I'd, I'd like to look at that. So in that sense, then, if you're going to get an offsite backup, the best thing is just back up your personal files with the system stuff where you could reinstall that on a new computer or something. Mm-hmm. Or maybe some of your core apps. But obviously, you may run into two problems with the offsite backup. Number one is there's only so much data you can back up. The second is your ISP has a bandwidth cap. Now, if you want to back up that 500 gigabyte drive, you're going to be writing a large check to your ISP or they'll just simply cut you off. Yeah. And performance of especially United States based uh, cable providers has has really been the Achilles heel of the cloud backup solution. Um, you know, it's it's getting better every year, but <laughs> it seems like every morning I'm restarting my own cable modem because I'm getting like 10 mega, megabits per second. It's awful. And, you know, upload speed is, is usually the worst and people don't even realize that. You may be getting 40 megabits down, uh, but they cap your upload speed. So if you can only upload eight megabits per second, it's, it's going to take you weeks to get a terabyte hard drive backed up. So that's always a challenge. I, I look forward to some of the, the new cable providers that are improving that. And hopefully in the next five to 10 years, those kinds of solutions uh, will be a lot more viable. They're, of course, testing, what, gigabit internet in some parts of the country. Right now, I understand, for example, to be near me, I'm in Arizona, near Phoenix, in Scottsdale, Arizona, the local cable company, Cox, is offering gigabit internet for like $130 for the first year. And I... I'm afraid what they're going to charge after that. Mike <laughs> Bombick, how can we find out more information about Carbon Copy Cloner? Uh, easiest way is to Google Carbon Copy Cloner, or you can go to bombick.com, and we tell you all about it on our features page. Is there a trial version to see how it works? Yep. Click the download button, and you'll download the full version of Carbon Copy Cloner, and you can use every feature for free for 30 days. After that, you buy a license, but it's not really expensive. Just consider the consequences. If your hard drive crashes, you can't get your data, and there's no backup. So you have to go to the very expensive data recovery service with no guarantees. Mike Bombick, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you very much for having me. Minds think alike. The network for the independent minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Hi, I'm Sam Nussbaum, WellPoint's Chief Medical Officer. We proudly support the March of Dimes mission to improve the health of babies and fight premature birth. We're helping the March of Dimes fund breakthroughs in research and community programs that help more moms have full term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together to provide children with a healthier start in life. Visit marchofdimes.org. 
We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. At 30dayfoodsupply.com, you can now purchase a -a one-of-a-kind product not available anywhere else. A meatless burger dry mix in four delicious flavors. With our new Oregon Trail Foods vegan burgers, all you do is add water and fry. They need no refrigeration. They're packaged in Mylar bags with an oxygen absorber for a long shelf life. They're non-GMO. They're gluten, soy, nut, and chemical-free, but they're loaded with flavor. And a good source of carbs and protein, yet low in sodium. Flavors include Italian, spicy Mexican, six vegetable and black bean olive go to 30dayfoodsupply.com or call 541-229-0010 and order today eat them every day take them camping or save them for an emergency check them out at 30dayfoodsupply.com and click on the vegan burger icon that's 30dayfoodsupply.com where all of our products are produced in oregon by oregon trail foods 30dayfoodsupply.com Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Let me tell you a story here. So, some years back, I was trying a new wireless carrier, and I stupidly took Sprint. Now, I understand Sprint's better today, although they're still having different problems keeping customers. But I don't remember ever yelling at tech support more often than the support people at Sprint. Now, that's a couple of CEOs ago, so I've got to hope things are better. But wireless carriers, cable TV companies, ISPs, they all get really low ratings for technical support. And in talking with Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer about our bill of fare, what we talk about during this session, he mentioned he was having awful problems with Comcast. Now, once we do this, I assure you, Comcast will never advertise on the Tech Night Out Live unless maybe they think they can buy equal time or something. (laughs) So tell us. I'm loving the intro so far, Gene. you, You like it. Well, I'll tell you what, because you started talking, you can pick up and complete the intro. Uh, well, okay, so I spent three hours on the phone with Comcast on Monday. Although, to be fair, a lot of that time was spent navigating their awful phone tree and dealing with the fact that even after you verify your, in this case, phone number and the last four digits of your social security number, you get asked that same information by every department you talk to. They do that everywhere. You're entering all this, and I have, for example, occasionally called the local water company for a reason. And this is Mesa, Arizona. And they give you like a 12-digit code that you enter in two parts. And then you got to enter your last four of your social security number or something. And invariably, the same thing. They ask for the information again, and I said, why did I enter it in the first place if you're going to ask it again? Their excuse is it doesn't come up in their computer. Which is just, even assuming it's true. It is absolutely absurd. Now, I, to, okay, we, we, I have to. I have to sort of take a step back. 
I don't fall over anything that Comcast deals with a million customer interactions per day. And when you keep that in mind, it's, it's a wonder we can get anything done with these support systems. But it is the, the whole the whole system. It, it's, it's just it's just one big epic fail after another. My particular adventures on Monday included. And this is just a partial list. Three disconnects, two by the phone system and one by an agent, but obviously mistake by the agent. Are you I, sure? A mistake. Well, right. I, sure. I assume so. I assume it was a mistake that, you know, she, she went to transfer me to another person. And in that process, the system ended up disconnecting me. That does happen. Yes. All the time. I got transferred. This is a true story to a third party sex line. When um, <laughs> apparently in that I called the same sex line last night, also by mistake. When I was trying to call another Comcast phone number, that is 855-OK-BEGIN. Uh, okay, if you dial 1-800-GO-BEGIN, turns out you get the sex line. So this agent actually, actually sent me to the third-party sex line. I had a very untrained person who would like leave three minutes of silence between us, not explaining what he's doing. And then he eventually tells me he's trying to get me over to TiVo, and I stop him and say, you don't need TiVo. I need your internal activations department because I've done this several times today. Three minutes later, he sends me to TiVo. Without, I mean, it, just, it was just this complete, massive failure. And then you've got the weird cadences because they're instructed to repeat back to you what you just told them. And it makes for a very disjointed and weird conversation. And it is, it's like, it's, it's like a, a bean counter or lawyer solution to a human problem of, how do we make sure that we're understanding these people? Well, just repeat everything back. And it's it just, it's, it's no good. I don't like it. It's a, it's a flawed system. And I certainly have wasted far too much time in my life uh, trying to make um, the uh, Comcast cable card work. Okay. So you were going to activate a TiVo with a Comcast cable card. Let's get to the chase here. Yeah. Okay. So after three hours of this misery, yes. did you ever get it activated? Not that day. No. Nor the next day, when I spent another probably 30, 40 minutes dealing with people. On Wednesday, I had a, a fantastic technician come out who got me up and running just fine. I actually did some, did some line work here in the house that, that improved things. But after he left, I realized that my cable card itself was being dropped by the TiVo. So the cable card that they had given me was uh, 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 malfunctioning. So I had to go down to a Comcast service center yesterday afternoon. I got a new cable card, and then I spent another hour with him today getting that one activated this morning, and I'm, I'm still not sure that it works. Is it worth getting TiVo on your cable system? Now, I know that DirecTV has direct arrangements with they used TiVo. To. They used to. They do not anymore. Well, I heard lately an advertisement that you can get TiVo on DirecTV, so maybe that's changed. It's you know They've had this on-again, off-again relationship for years. Uh, after a very successful partnering that, I, as far as I can tell, and I like DirecTV. I like DirecTV a lot more than Comcast. Um, but I did want to go back to TiVo, and uh, and doing so currently required going back to a cable company. So, yeah, I think it's worth it. T TiVo is a marvelous system that as many improvements as there have been in the cable and satellite dish uh, DVRs and and they have been substantial improvements. I I think that the TiVo still beats them. Now I'm very modest in what I do, 
I have DirecTV. I have their mm-hmm. DVR. Mm-hmm. And what I do is basically set a season pass for a particular TV show. Mm-hmm. On certain networks, I also start it one minute early because these TV networks pull this. CBS is notorious for this, NBC as well, where they start the show a minute early to kind of force you to switch the station. And the only way to work around it with a DVR is to set the recording to begin a minute early and have a DVR that's capable of multiple streams. I mean, it's dumb. I mean, if a show begins at 8 o'clock, begin the show at 8 o'clock. Don't have it end one minute after, thinking if you do that, you'll stay with the network and not go to the other show that begins at 8 or 9 or whatever it is. It is dumb. Have you noticed, though, with your DirecTV DVR, that when you do set uh, a season pass, that you end up getting shows re-recorded, like reruns and such? Very rarely. I'll tell you where they have problems. For some reason, this only happens on shows imported from Canada, where the date of the show is other than the date that's being broadcast in America. Well, I, And I, there's a couple of shows like that. And what you have to do when you get a show like that, it's like this show in the summer called Rookie Blue about these young police officers, which I guess takes place in Toronto. And it's a really nice show. You know, it's it's got good performances and everything. And that's one of those shows where you have to manually select every show to record because if you just select the season, it's got the wrong date. I don't know if that's the network doing that or it's the direct TV doing that, but that's where it really screws up. Well, I- the reason why I asked that question is because uh, TiVo actually has patents governing the way season passes work. And they, like if you set a season pass on a TiVo unit, and I forget what TiVo calls it because I haven't set mine up yet, uh, it only grabs new shows for you. And they maintain their own lists of shows, their own database of shows and who's on them and, and all that sort of stuff. And so it, like the season pass management is superior in my experience on a a TV. It's one of the reasons why I wanted to go back. Might consider it next time. Right now I have this genie that I hoodwink direct TV to give me free because I said I'd leave and go a dish network. Sometimes that's another way to handle it too, by the way, you want to get a deal threaten to leave because it costs a lot of money for these companies to get a new customer. It's a lot cheaper for them to give you a little benefit to keep your business. It's true. And to be fair, the Genie is a big improvement. When I said that there have been improvements in DVRs with these operators, Genie is one of them. Xfinity with Comcast, which uh, uh, there's another TV in the house that has an Xfinity uh, uh, box on. That is a big step forward. I just think I think the TiVo is still um, is still superior. Now, I have one one addendum to this. Okay, before we do the addendum, we have to do a break. A new new kind of addendum. This is called the station break addendum. We've got paying the bills. Oh, you don't know. We have Brian Schaffen of the Mac Observer here. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. 
So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TechNightOwl for a special discount. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. On the average, Americans work between 45 to 50 years hoping to build up enough wealth to retire and live out their golden years. Unfortunately, with taxation, the rising cost of food, energy, housing, and medical, many retirees are forced to live below the poverty line. Is this a flaw free enterprise, or is our monetary unit we call the Federal Reserve Note forcing us into perpetual debt, ensuring inflation and higher taxes? These questions and more can be answered by reading G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Congressman Ron Paul states it's what every American needs to know about central bank power. A gripping adventure into the secret world of international banking cartel. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I will give a silver dollar from the early 1900s to anyone who purchases this book. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order a copy today. It's critical that the public be made aware of the system. Call and order your copy today at 1-800-686-2237. That's 1-800-686-2237. What good is a Big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your 
body healing itself with the aid of HB Extract. It's extremely effective and it starts working in just days. Visit HBExtract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers. And we've never increased our price in over 10 years. That makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it. A healthy heart is a happy heart. Call 866-295-5305 or go to HBExtract.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. The addendum to the Eternal Quest by Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer <laughs> to install this lowly TiVo box on Comcast and all the obstacles they put up to make it difficult because they really want to lease you their own box, I think, right? I think that's part of it. I definitely think that's part of it. But my addendum is actually, believe it, I, I, I'm as shocked as you to be saying this. It's a pat on the back for at and because I was whining about this whole situation on Monday. I was ranting about it on Twitter. And when I said that, uh, that I got transferred to this third-party sex line, which is still just unbelievable, I mentioned that I, that, uh, I was going to have to check with at AT&T to make sure I didn't get any extra charges. AT&T saw that on Twitter and reached out to me to work with me to check my account to make sure I didn't get any, uh, any phone charges related to that transfer. So some of these companies do have people who monitor the social networks and they keyword the name of yeah. the company. All right. So Comcast does the same thing. They've got the uh, at Comcast cares. They normally do the same thing. They didn't reach out to me this particular time, but uh, Comcast does normally watch Twitter. The world of support is evolving. It just needs to evolve faster. We can always hope. Speaking about support and products. Now, as you know, earlier on, we had Kyle Weens and Miro Jurek from iFixit, iFixit.com. And they're telling us about how easy it is to disassemble new Macs, new iPhones, new Android gear, PCs, everything else. And we know that Apple has been doing everything possible to make it impossible for you to upgrade memory on your computer. Right now, for notebooks, it's all soldered on except for this legacy MacBook Pro that eventually will be gone. On the desktop Macs, Mac Pro, you can take apart. On the iMac, you can take apart the computer with difficulty to replace a hard drive, but it's a process that takes about an hour and a half. You can change memory in a few minutes. With the Mac Mini, it used to be pretty easy to open it up, at least for one generation. You know, we had the original generation with the putty knives, and they made it fairly simple with the new configuration, and now they went downhill again. So what is Apple thinking? We're paying $100 less for a Mac Mini, but you can't add memory to it. You can't even open it up without great difficulty because the memory is soldered on if you do open it up it may be to replace a hard drive you know apple i'm not going to defend apple on this because it's this is something that i don't particularly care for however you have to realize that apple looks very closely at what its customers are doing and it's looking very closely at what customers bring in their devices to their apple store right you know they have this this massive fleet of incredibly trafficked retail stores where people you know in the genius bar and where you get this free support and all the all these things going on they, they have 
an enormous amount of data about what we actually do with our devices. And generally speaking, when we look at an uh, iPhone, which is closed, where you can't replace the battery, or the iMac, where it's hard to get to the hard drive, or to the Mac Mini, this is hard to open. It's probably because Apple has found that the vast majority of its customers are not bothering to do those things. And in Apple's eternal quest for simplicity, I, I think that those of us on the margins who want to do some of these things, we're outweighed by the, by the larger amount of people who don't. So they're not doing it because most people don't need to do it. But does that really cheapen the cost of this product that much? It probably, to a certain extent, yeah, it probably does. But it also probably uh, makes overall support costs lower. You know, how many, how many people end up, uh, you know, bringing in devices that they've fiddled about with and, you know, it ends up costing Apple money. I, 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 you know, all, Apple is a company that looks at every little thing about what they're doing. And because they control the hardware and the software and because they have unprecedented control over their, uh, 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 in, at least in modern times, over their supply chain, you know, little things add up to, to be money. And again, I'm not necessarily defending Apple. I, I'd like to be able to get into my computer, you know, whichever kind of computer that is. But at the same time, to me, it, it's the overall trade-off of the Apple ecosystem is worth some of these um, relatively minor inconveniences. Well, I also have to think here that you consider the user level, the typical user of the product. So the Mac Mini, except where it's being used for a web server or a media server, yeah. is an entry-level user or somebody who wants a cheap box. It's their first Mac. They don't want to spend a lot. They've got the monitor. They've got the keyboard. they got the mouse. Get a Mac Mini. $500. Okay, well, I can get a $300 PC, but this is a Mac. That's cool. I'll get that. Obviously, with the 27-inch iMac, we're hitting a more professional user base, so they will change memory. With Mac Pro, we understand. But when it comes to the notebooks, the MacBook Pro with Retina display, these are the most expensive notebooks, traditionally. The category of user tends to be a higher-end user who wants that performance in the Retina display. They should be able to replace memory. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, I do agree with that. There, there, again, here we're running into Apple's eternal tension, this time not necessarily between simplicity, but between um, a form factor. You, know, you don't get these tight... When, when you have these incredibly slim, attractive form factors that Apple has developed for, say, the new iMac, for, say, the uh, MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro uh, lines, you don't get accessibility. Accessibility comes with other compromises. And, and so Apple has chosen to go for beauty over function, form over function in, in this particular case. I, I agree with you. It seems like you should be able to you know, change out that RAM relatively easily. But even there, I'm guessing that not a lot of people actually do so. Well, I agree with you there. Probably with a Mac Mini, I'd be surprised if 10% even had the need. Maybe more so with the MacBook Pro with Retina Display. But Apple's fairly generous right now with the memory they provide. I think it's a lot of them have 8 gigabytes. You could get a configuration for 16. So maybe it's not so bad. Still, there you go. Now, 
let's move on to some other topics here. Enough about complaining. This is the eternal complaint about Apple hardware, about being difficult to replace anything. In fact, one of the instructions we had with Kyle and Miro was how to replace the battery on your iPhone 6. And they say it's not so bad. It's actually easier than previous models. So we'll see what happens. Okay, let's move on to other stories. And I have an article over at the Tech Night Owl site this week, technightowl.com, where I talk about security. Primarily on the Mac, because I think there's a lot of fear-mongering here, where you have companies who want to sell you security software. I think they feed a few of these stories to different members of the media who are a bit naive about such things, or just looking to see, look how bad things are on the Mac. There is malware. They've found one episode of malware, and therefore the sky's going to fall, not to mention, you know, 100,000 on the Windows platform. But there appears to be something here that can cause problems that starts on the Mac and goes to iOS. Let's talk to Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer about that in our next segment. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. You're listening to GCN, proudly sponsored by UnseenNow.com. Lock down your digital life at UnseenNow.com. This is GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com At 30dayfoodsupply.com, you can now purchase a -a one-of-a-kind product not available anywhere else. A meatless burger dry mix in four delicious flavors. With our new Oregon Trail Foods vegan burgers, all you do is add water and fry. They need no refrigeration. They're packaged in Mylar bags with an oxygen absorber for a long shelf life. They're non-GMO. They're gluten, soy, nut, and chemical-free, but they're loaded with flavor. And a good source of carbs and protein, yet low in sodium. Flavors include Italian, spicy Mexican, six vegetable and black bean olive go to 30dayfoodsupply.com or call 541-229-0010 and order today eat them every day take them camping or save them for an emergency check them out at 30dayfoodsupply.com and click on the vegan burger icon that's 30dayfoodsupply.com where all of our products are produced in oregon by oregon trail foods 30dayfoodsupply.com We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. 
With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average over 19 years of experience, Legal Shields law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-297-0154. That's 800-297-0154. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. That's 800-297-0154. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. The subject is Mac security, and you've got a report up about a malware attack called Wire Lurker, Brian Schaffen, tell us more. Wire Lurker, what a name. Yeah, you know, I I very much appreciate the tone of your intro for this story. You know, there is a lot of fear mongering. And of course, everybody likes, not everybody, but there's a, a lot of journalists are looking for any kind of opportunity to criticize or ding Apple for any perceived shortfall or, you know, all that sort of thing. You put Apple in your headlines, you're probably going to, going to get some traffic to it but we actually have a i i think a very serious issue here with with wire worker to me this is a this is a legitimately scary thing so wire worker is started out in china it's in china right now in fact you can go right there right now and it's there it's waiting for you it's way it is waiting for you it's waiting for you on a third party uh pirate mac software site it's called magia i forget the actually i forget the name of it i apologize but this pirate website has got hundreds of infected applications. Now, by the way, I'm just going to say right here, my assumption is that the Chinese government's behind it, but it could certainly be uh, a criminal organization. It could even, even be the U.S.'s own NSA. We don't know. But also these- with China, don't you think they want to be nice to Apple because Apple's doing so much business in that country? No. No, China has a China has a a love-hate relationship with Apple at best because it's a it's a U.S. company. They're always worried about uh, U.S. surveillance through U.S. technology companies. And despite the fact that all those products are made in China, the profits go overseas to Apple. So it's it's a it's a low, you know there's at least a million people, maybe more, hired in, in Apple supply chain working directly on Apple products. But that 
sounds like a lot of folks to us, but it's not necessarily so much so that China is willing to bend over for Apple. And in fact, China regularly gives Apple a lot of grief over uh, nonsensical things. That's my take on it. All right. So tell us more about this. Oh, right. Problem. Wire lurker. Right. So if you download one of these infected, uh, pirated Mac apps and you plug in your iPhone, even if your iPhone is not jailbroken, these infected apps will communicate with your iPhone over a USB cable and infect them with the software that, that it's actually intended to, to, to do. And that software can grab your contacts. It can grab your messages. It can uh, phone home for updates and other instructions. It is a scary thing because it can, af- can affect a non-jailbroken iPhone. And it's doing so over your own Mac with your own USB cable because you were silly enough and, and bad enough to go and download pirated software. This is a scary thing. This is a, the vulnerability itself is scary because even though this is where it's being used right now, it's being used in China. It's being used on this, this uh, uh, site with all these uh, hundreds of uh, infected uh, uh, apps, but it could end up being used somewhere else until Apple gets it uh, patched. Now, this is the big thing here. Now, we aren't going to presume what the ethics are in China, but anytime you go to a site that's not authorized or contains illegal content, you may find yourself in a position where you download something with a very nasty payload. This is, of course, social engineering. You get something good, or maybe they fool you into thinking this is PayPal site or Bank of America, and it's really who knows what. That's the kind of malware that you really can't block until it actually occurs. If it's a new infection, you can't just block it because you don't know about it in advance. It's totally true. And uh, pirate websites, pirate websites that offer cracked versions of uh, software for, for Windows PCs and for Mac computers both, and uh, as well, actually, quite frankly, as well as uh, uh, jailbroken iPhones and, and rooted uh, Android devices, those have long been a hotbed of malware activity. And, you know, it, you're, when you're downloading crack software, in addition to, an, to it, it being immoral, in my opinion, um, it is, quite frankly, often dangerous. And a lot of software these days are really pretty inexpensive. I mean, you can get Microsoft Office for as little as $7 a month with a terabyte of OneDrive storage, and you get a version that runs on one Mac and a version that also runs in your iPad. Or you get a five-home user license for $10 a month. It's cheap. You can get Photoshop for like $10 a month. You can get your iLife apps and your iWork apps now free with a new Apple component, or if you've already got like the previous version, they upgrade you free. So a lot of key apps you can get for little or no money. So think of what it costs you to get something that you think is free, and it's got all these potential nasty consequences. It's true. It's totally true. The world's different out there. And a lot of the software companies who are joining the App Store or Mac App Store, they know this, so they'll sell you stuff for $10, $20, $30. It might have cost 100 or two in the past, thinking, well, look, we'll sell 10 times or 100 times as many apps. More people will just give us a try because we're so cheap. In the end, we make more money. Okay, let's stop the presses. There's a report now that Apple has taken steps to stop 
the wire lurker threat by revoking developer certificates. What this means is that those apps will no longer be able to be launched. That's the latest. So hopefully that's it for this malware until the next one comes along. You know, that that actually brings up an interesting topic. There is an economist. Unfortunately, I'm relaying this secondhand and I've been wanting to research it and just haven't taken the time to do it. But this economist said that Apple missed the boat by allowing apps to be free. And the, the short version is this. There are so many perceptions that play in our minds based on uh, how much we pay for something. For instance, if you go and uh, you, you pull over and you, and you help uh, an elderly woman who's on the side of the road with a flat tire, and you're helping her out of the goodness of your heart, and you are happy as can be, you have helped her for free. You have gotten nothing back for this except for her thanks, and you feel great about yourself. If she were to turn around and offer you 50 cents for your help, you would suddenly be angry. Most of us will end up being angry about it and, and like, you know, keep your money. And, and, and the idea of having 50 cents or having nothing, obviously the 50 cents should be better. But it, the way this stuff plays in our head, we value things based on how much we're paying for. Them. And so how this relates to the app store is this. If Apple had made the cheapest price a nickel or a penny or even 99 cents and that was the very cheapest price people would far more often than not buy the more expensive version of an app rather than a free or rather than the cheap version of the app as it is when it's free or charged the vast majority of people download the free version of an app now microsoft has something new now where they've offered iOS apps free, but they didn't have capability of creating new documents or editing. So now they've got what they call freemium approach, where they give you free for iOS and for iPhone, a version of Office, Word, Excel, PowerPoint with limited editing capabilities. You can open a document, you can change it, you can make a new document. And if it's just a text document, that's fine. If you want more sophisticated editing possibilities, you have to join the Office 365 cloud program for $7 a month, $10 a month, whatever. Now, how does that address the psychology of this? Well, um, that, that's, uh, that's a great question. Um, I think that the, the reality is that, is that Microsoft was trying to, was still trying to use, when Microsoft introduced the free version of office that was essentially a reader really right it was just you know as you said for viewing documents let's go into more of this in our final segment with brian chaffin of the mac observer about the freemium i guess you call it version of office for ipad and iphone more to come on the tech night out live Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, 
head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. If you need to say happy birthday, happy anniversary, thank you, or simply I'm thinking of you, ProFlowers.com is the key. ProFlowers has stunning bouquets, like the best-selling 100 Blooms for $19.99. Plus, ProFlowers will include a glass vase for free. Sending someone a wonderful surprise of beautiful flowers sent fresh from the field is easy. Choose the bouquet you like, pick the delivery date, and each order is 100% guaranteed. Plus, all bouquets from ProFlowers are guaranteed to last at least seven full days. Beautiful, fragrant flowers, picked fresh and sent to your loved one for lasting enjoyment. To get this incredible savings and send someone 100 gorgeous blooms with a free vase for $19.99, go to ProFlowers.com, click the blue microphone in the top right corner, and enter code PLOW. That's ProFlowers.com. Click the mic and enter code P-L-O-W. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, veterinarian and naturopathic physician. The Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy with an important message. Take charge of your health. Do not continue to blindly follow the system that has failed us all. I appreciate GCN listeners because you're open-minded and intelligent. If our system is so great, why is it that the United States, the USA, ranks nearly 60th worldwide in longevity and number one in obesity? All the while, we spend more money than all the other countries combined annually on unnecessary health care procedures and toxic drugs. It doesn't take much to get on track, not with the government or pharmaceutical companies, but rather you in control of your own health with a basic understanding of nutrition and supplementation. FDI Longevity has the finest quality health, sports, and energy supplements available. GCN listeners are invited to join our team of people who want to stay healthy well into old age. We are currently looking for specialists to represent FDI Longevity and save America. To buy products at wholesale prices or join our business team, go to GCNteam.com. That's GCNteam.com. Support GCN. Get healthy. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next.
So on the Tech Night Out Live, Microsoft released first the free version of Office for iPad, iPhone, but you had to pay to get any editing capability of all. So what went on next, Brian Chaffin? Well, originally, Microsoft under Steve Ballmer, my, my old buddy Steve Ballmer, was trying to use Office as a cudgel to get people to buy Surface, right? You know, they, they had this, this is a, a technique that had long worked for Microsoft where, where they would use Office or they would use Windows, one or the other, to reinforce uh, the other and to bring people to some new market that Microsoft was trying to enter. And the problem is that while people wanted Office on, on a tablet, what they really wanted was Office on an iPad. They didn't want Office on the surface. And that, w- that strategy was an abject failure. So this sort of viewing-only version that Microsoft first released on, uh, for iOS was really part of that strategy. And now under Satya Nadella, we've got, um, you know, we, like Microsoft now is, is, is they, they just integrated Dropbox. They, in, they work with Dropbox to integrate that service into the iOS versions of Office, the new iOS versions for Office. That's a completely new Microsoft. So I, I, don't, know, I don't know if you can look at what they're doing now and compare the pricing plans of the previous version, because I think there were two different strategies that were involved. Well, it's certainly better for the user. If you want to use Office, they make it easier for you. And if you just want to do simple stuff, don't worry about the payment. And of course, right now, Windows Phone for (laughs) hardware makers is free because they figure they get you into the Microsoft ecosystem. They make the money from app sales or something. Anyway, let's move to one more topic before we let you go. Now, iTunes 12, which is the Yosemite version with the flat interface, it's not getting the love. What did Apple do wrong? iTunes 12. Yes. Oh, my goodness. iTunes Let me 12. count the ways, it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. You know, iTunes 12 just seems like a... iTunes, starting with iTunes 11, Apple's interface direction with iTunes was just, was just, in my opinion, it was flawed. I mean, you know, Apple dropped the sidebar by default in iTunes 11. And... What bothers me about that is that they didn't replace it with something that was better. You know, Apple is one of Apple's strengths is the willingness to ditch a great thing when they have something better. But in the case of the sidebar, the sidebar was something that Apple uh, uh, acquired the concept when they hired the makers of SoundGen. You remember SoundGen? Yes, Jeff Robin. Of course, who right now is a vice president in the software division for Apple, and he's still there. Yeah, he is. And it was SoundJam that brought us this concept of the sidebar, uh, you know, two or three panel viewing uh, of your content within an app. And it's something that we still see in, in mail. It was something that we saw in iTunes through version 10 by default. And then if you reactivated your sidebar, and it was still in version 11. And in version 12, they just took it away entirely. But what they replaced it with doesn't make sense. The, 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 the sort of pseudo-tabbed flat version doesn't give you enough information. Uh, things are dynamic in a way that actually makes it hard. I would say things. Views are dynamic in a way that actually makes it harder to understand where you are and what you're doing. Buttons aren't always in the same place. I mean, the whole thing to me is just a mess. And don't even get me started on 
the complete catastrophe that is trying to view your song list or trying to find songs by searching. I, you know, John Martellaro wrote a piece for us this week saying that Apple needs, that it was the worst piece of software that Apple's written and that it should be withdrawn from the market. I wholeheartedly agree with that idea. All right, so Apple's not going to do that, but are they going to give it like a little bit of a shave and haircut to clean it up? Do you think there's an incentive? Well, there should be an incentive. iTunes is one of Apple's most important pieces of software. It is the hub and the linchpin to their iOS empire. And as such, it should be the very best piece of software that Apple has to offer. And, and, and you know, it's long been, and we have long enjoyed iTunes. But on the Windows side, iTunes is vilified because it's a resource hog and it's crashy and, and, it's, and it's just an awful experience. In my opinion, making iTunes this premium, best-in-class, best experience possible piece of software should be job number one at Apple. And then right behind it should be Safari. And then we've got Yosemite and iOS. So where does Apple come up with this thing? Now, I understand the need to want to integrate the look from Yosemite. But in Yosemite, nothing else changes the core functionality except, of course, the little green button on a finder window or a document window, which suddenly gives you the full screen mode rather than just expand to roughly the size of the document that's enclosing. Right. You know, I I don't know where that's coming from, Gene. Um, It seems like maybe the left hand isn't talking to the right hand when it comes to iTunes. Uh, Mostly, I love Yosemite. I love the way Yosemite looks, and I love the way it functions. Performance is a little bit wonky in some aspects, but I'm kind of waiting to see how that shakes out. But this business with iTunes 12, um, it it, it just, it has to be, Apple has to address this. Apple has to make it an absolute priority to make iTunes work like, like just, you know, like it should, like like everything else Apple normally does. It should be great, and it's not. It's bad. Now, it's not that Apple doesn't listen. Apple eventually does listen, and quite often they get the message. Certainly when problems happen recently, a few issues. We have the update that almost bricked the iPhone 6, the iOS 8.0.1 update. They took it down in an hour. They were watching. They were listening. They fixed it. Now, the question I have is, are people complaining in droves about iTunes 12? Because that's what makes Apple fix it. If they have a misstep, they'll try to do the right thing. They did with Maps for iOS 6. They'll try to do the right thing, but the people out there have to complain. If you can't stand iTunes 12 and you tell Apple, eventually they'll ring up Jeff, Robin, and crew and say, make it better. Yeah, you know, it's true. Uh, plus, I also, I can only, I, I, have, I have no information to this effect. But my belief is that Apple is getting an increased number of calls to AppleCare support for iTunes. Uh, because things are actually confusing. There, there's a lot of aspects of iTunes 12 that are going to be confusing to non-super geeks like uh, you know, like you and me and like probably a lot of people that listen to your show. Well, we have a variety of people. We have people who are just basic consumers who want to hear discussions, not a gosh golly gee whiz presentation of, oh, look at all the great gadgets that we can talk about for the entire show from companies who are simply hawking their wares. We bring companies on 
but they have a product that's interesting and that has a value more than just the latest tech gadget. That's the difference. In any case, we'll have to see what happens with iTunes 12 and whether Apple makes a quick fix or not. Brian Chaffin, please tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. You can listen to me on the Apple Context Machine with Jeff Gamut. That's on iTunes. Just look for the Apple Context Machine. And of course, I write at the Mac Observer. It's MacObserver.com. That's a good place. You can find us on Twitter. We're known as Tech Night Owl. So look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. You'll find us. Go to our Cutting Edge Commentary site, which is TechNightOwl.com. That is TechNightOwl.com. And we also have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called the Paracast at Paracast.com. And this week we're featuring someone named Larry Holcomb, who wrote a book called Presidents and UFOs, A Secret History from FDR to Obama. Do the presidents of the United States have access to secret information about whether UFOs are real or not? Think about that. At theparacast.com, once again, that's theparacast.com. You know, I can't stop thinking about that. That'll be Sounds this fun. weekend. Wow. Okay. You know, some people say that the presidents are the last in the line to get information on a lot of things because they're only temporary occupants. Think about that. Here on the Tech Night Out Live, Brian Chaffin, thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me, Gene. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.